Hi, friend. How are you doing today? Should I call you a friend? You have just stabbed me in the back. Oh, well, I just enjoy breaking up relationships. I'm a homeworker. You know this. Like, I know they're brownish, but they don't look any kind of red at all? No, but they are full brown. If anything, I would say they're brown yellow. Brown yellow? Yeah. There's, like, not a hint of red in those shorts. Do you know what I'm going to do? The picture I just showed you, I just need it for my own benefit. Um, I'll bring it up on Photoshop and look at, like, the color saturation, like, stuff. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'll yeah. do that. Look at you. Thinking, uh, where, thinking. Uh, my, my boyfriend thinks I'm colorblind. I think you're um, colorblind. Raven, the one example we gave, Raven agreed with him. The other example I gave, uh, she agreed with me. Um, it's tough. Yeah. Not really, Because it's never come up in my life before. Interesting. Like, I can... You know those, like, well, there, tests where you can severities. distinguish between colors and... Sever yeah, but this is, like, the only color. Yeah. Anyway, what music have you been listening to? <laughs> um, for the first time, like, ever, actually none. Um, Raven, me too. <laughs> How boring like, is that? I feel like I feel like, I feel like we're problem, failing. Given that, you know, the nature of this podcast. Um... I, yeah, because like I've, all of my work has been like on the floor this week and I've had actual work to do each evening. And for some reason, like I, I don't really listen to music when I'm just working. I only listen to music when I'm like relaxing or driving or something like that. Um, so yeah, like zero music. I actually did not listen to a single song this weekend or this entire week. Which is funny because I'm the opposite. Cause like last week I passed my candidacy exam in spring break for us hey. now. It's like, oh, I'm at... Thanks. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm actually going to take advantage of this week before, like, everything starts up again. Yeah. So I listen to music while I'm working. Mm. And I haven't been working, so. I love that for you, though. That you've Same. had this week off. Yeah. I deserve it. So, I guess we we'll to so, talk about the musical, then. This feels so yeah, I weird. I don't like this. What musical did are we talking about today, Raven? Well, Campbell, we are talking about Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, but not just any version of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella, specifically um, the one starring Brandy uh, from 1997, a.k.a. the best one. Uh, the ABC television movie. Correct. Cinderella. TV play. It is fantastic. If you have not seen it, um, fucking how, and I'm very sorry for your childhood. Uh, yeah, it is iconic. It's wonderful. And it's got literally so many people that are all amazing, and we'll go over them yeah. as we get into it. But in the meantime, let's Some talk about this a drink. Just a, I was oh, going to say a yeah. little bit of background, just like Cinderella I just in really general. Wanna, like, I just really want to taste the drink. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> just like in, like kind of the background cinderella has been told so many times so many times um you know like brothers grimm's fairy tales um that was published in 1812 um there was kind of like an english like french one by charles perrault and so that's actually um, the i thought that was actually the original fairy tale there was an earlier one. Oh, you talking about the greek uh, one well i was going to say well before the french one there was the italian one by jean Battista basile um, in 1634, but yeah, the, the Greek earliest one, the known variant, yeah, yeah. So the, the earliest known uh, variant was the story of Rod Rhodopis. 
Rhodopis. Rhodopis, yeah. Who was a Greek slave girl who married the king of Egypt. And this is a wild story. Did you actually read the plot Between of, like, of their Between 7 BC and uh, 24 AD. AD. Did you read the plot of... So, listeners. Okay. So, here's their story. It feels more <laughs> wild than think. the actual Cinderella. So, uh, this is the synopsis. When she was bathing, an eagle snatched one of her sandals from her maid. Copyright! Which is confusing because it's like, <laughs> if she's a slave girl, why does she have a maid? Anyway, uh, an eagle snatched one of her sandals from her maid and carried it to Memphis, Tennessee. And while the king was administering justice in the open air, which I don't even know what that means, um, the maybe was he executing someone? I don't. Anyway, uh, the eagle, when it arrived above his Wait, head, Memphis, Tennessee. No, not Memphis. Like Memphis, Greece. But I was making, okay, for I was that, making a we, joke, uh, Campbell. <laughs> I, you frazzled me. That was just like, it was so ridiculous. I like wasn't sure if it was a joke anymore. I was just like, what sources are you using for this podcast? Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. So while the king... Strabo did not write that. <laughs> so while the king was administering justice in the open air, the eagle, when it arrived above his head, flung the sandal into his lap. And the king, stirred both by the beautiful shape of the sandal, foot fetish, and by the strangeness of the occurrence, sent men in all directions into the country in quest of the woman who wore the sandal. And when she was found in the city of Nocratus, Nocratus, she was brought up to Memphis and became the wife of the king. So relatively similar story, except these people had literally never met. And he just saw a sandal and was like, ooh, I want to meet the foot that wears this sandal. And then he did and he married it. (laughs) So to go along with, you know, this tale as old as time. Yep. um, Raven and I doing, you know, we like to make our own drinks. But this time, instead of like taking turns, um, we, we like came up with some ingredients together and then... Right now, we have our own variations of it. So we're going. We're trying to perfect the cocktail throughout this podcast episode. Yes. So So we've each done our own ratios. And uh, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it would be fun if we taste it, see how we feel about our own, and then share what our ratio was. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. I'm liking mine. I love mine. It's definitely strong, but it's strong in the way that, like, I like my drinks to be strong, but it would probably be too yeah. strong for other people. Yeah. Um, would you like to go first? Yes. So, I had an original ratio for mine, but then when I made it, I was like, that's not enough drink. And so then I added more booze. Um, yeah, so for mine, I did three ounces of almond milk. Oh, yeah. So, so the ingredients that we did were milk, brandy, amaretto, pumpkin puree, and maple syrup. So I did three ounces of almond milk, two ounces of brandy, um, 0.75 ounces of amaretto, one ounce of maple syrup, and about a tablespoon of the pumpkin puree. And I kind of like, I guess not, it's not a proper muddling because it, you know, wasn't like sugar and stuff like that, but I basically mixed the puree and the maple syrup like in the glass and then shook the liqueurs and the milk together in a shaker over ice and then poured it over the puree mixture, mix that up and then top that with whipped cream, sprinkle a nutmeg and a cinnamon stick. 
and it is that's so funny delicious we did very similar things Ooh. but the process was really different okay i did two ounces of brandy one ounce of amaretto so okay. i like bumped it up a little bit yeah um and i'm really liking that extra like almondy flavor um and then i did a tablespoon and a half okay. of the puree and just like you know a dribble of maple syrup gotcha see i, I don't all of that's why I continue. I put all of those in the shaker over ice, like with mm, ice, okay. including the puree. Shook that together, and then I poured that over ice in my glass, and then I put a splash of oat milk over that, then whipped cream and nutmeg. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So very similar. Yeah. Um, I guess for me, like I don't love pumpkin things. Um, mm-hmm. Like I don't. Mm, I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin puree. So I added a little more maple syrup for like the sweetness. And I just like, I thought I would really like the creaminess of the milk. So that's why I added so much. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, three ounces. I feel like that's like what mine ended up being. Mm. Love that for us. Um, But like the ratios are pretty much there. I just used more amaretto. And I, I used more amaretto. And then I used half a tablespoon more of the pumpkin puree. Yeah. Yeah. And I like so... that our, like we're so... Like in sync. Love that for us. Um, also, a couple other notes that I forgot on the film background. Um, it was also originally called, or not originally, but a, an alternative name for it is called like the Little Glass Slipper. Um, and the original Rogers and Hammerstein musical was originally aired on TV in 1957. Um, yeah. And then for this one, they just modernized the book to appeal to like a more contemporary audience. So they like modernized some of the uh, like the scores and stuff like that. But like generally, all of the music is still Rogers and Hammerstein. It's just like slightly zhuzhed up for like a, a modern generation. Um, and do you know who started in in 1957? Oh, I do not. Julie Andrews. Love I that believe. for her. Oh, man. Julie Andrews. Amazing. What, honestly, what hasn't Julie Andrews done? Um, genocide. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Am I wrong? But, like, why did that need to be the answer? I'm just... Oh it is gosh. technically correct. Oh, my gosh. The best kind of correct wild um yeah oh and so we don't have a name for this drink yeah we were kind of floating a few and to be quite honest i forgot to think more about it so (laughs) same the one we had like a backup one but we can like take a moment now again because we're not going to be talking about cinderella story that much there's too much to talk about in this movie other there's you know i what cinderella is about i have so many notes (laughs) no um, I, what, like, one, one option was, uh, a pumpkin whip. Yes. Um, also something like a midnight ride. Mm-hmm. A, a 1201. I honestly, 1201 is growing on me. Same. Yeah. My boyfriend came up with that one. Um, 1201. Yeah, I, I think, I think. Just a, just 1201? A 1201? Honestly, yeah. But, like, in quotation marks, for some reason. Yeah that i don't know if i agree with that one <laughs> um frivolous punctuation is something i'm strongly against i love frivolous punctuation it's the best kind of punctuation 
No, the best kind of punctuation for you is correct punctuation. Don't That's... don't act like you're someone different. Don't don't act. You're just like, oh, so whimsical, throwing you know vocative commas everywhere. I you know do, what a vocative comma is. I do is, hate a misplaced so vocative comma. And you're passionate about it. Yeah, I like, do hate a misplaced vocative comma. Why? Why are you? You need, you should have paid attention to this movie. You need to be you, and you're not being you. Oh my gosh. Or like when people just like don't understand how to use punctuation. It's like your sentence wouldn't be a run-on sentence if you use punctuation correctly, but because you were stupid and decided to. The power not of the to, semicolon. Semicolons are amazing. They were invented for a reason. I think they're use my them. favorite punctuation. Yeah, honestly. See, frivolous punctuation doesn't make sense coming out of your mouth <laughs> after everything you just said. So um, I would like I to do I want, apologize to our listeners. <laughs> yes. Never. But I want you to be true to yourself. I don't want you to lie to yourself. And more importantly, I don't want you to lie to me. Hi, everyone. This is Raven and Campbell from Musicals. And we'd like to talk to you today about a nonprofit music education group that we are partnering with. Yep. We'd like to talk to you about Education Through Music. They partner with under-resourced schools to provide music as a core subject for all children. And they utilize music education as a catalyst to improve academic achievement, motivation for school, and self-confidence. Exactly. So they work with 52 different partner schools throughout New York City, um, and they work with them to institute sustainable music education programs by hiring qualified teachers, matching them with the school, and really equipping the teachers with the tools to succeed and be able to provide quality music education to all of the students attending that institution. So we think, you know, from this podcast, we think it's incredibly important to provide music education to all children um, that everyone should have access to it to help, you know, really instill those lifelong passions that have been so influential for Campbell and I. So we believe that supporting this organization is the way you can support our podcast. Yep. And you can do so by going to give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. Again, that's give.etmonline.org slash boozicals. And yeah, you can really uh, help these kids if that's what you're into. Support the youths. Shut up. Don't don't, (laughs) don't patronize me. Okay. Uh, Enjoy the episode. I'm done with this. (laughs) Another cheers. Cheers. Cheers for Whitney Houston opening this movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so my first note is yes, Whitney Houston looking like a goddamn queen, literally yes. opening the movie, off and I love that with for her. The fairy godmother, Whitney Houston. Need and I fun fact, more? they like they were trying to do this like movie like earlier on with Whitney Houston, like Ooh. with her as Cinderella playing Cinderella. Okay, um, but it was taking so long to happen that like also Whitney Houston was one of the main influences um, to getting that wanting like brandy a, a part of this like that she makes sense. was very vocal that she wants brandy a part of this like production yeah um, and brandy yeah, ended up being we, the first black girl to ever portray cinderella on screen yep yeah so whitney houston uh, she's been other movies and like acting things she's been in the bodyguard the preacher's wife um what's your favorite whitney houston song Ooh, ironically, it's not my go-to karaoke song, which is Greatest Love of All. Um, yep. My favorite Whitney Houston song. Honestly, I think So Emotional. It's just such nice. a fun bop. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of her music is. I'm very basic with this. Is it just Dance like, Somebody? No, it's How, How Will I Know. Oh, that's such a good song. 
It's such a good shoulder song. Yeah. See, what you do now? Yeah, see, that's it. That's it. Ravy, you do yeah. it. Good job. Um, so I she's our like... fairy godmother. And so we have this wonderful intro that, like, you know, there's some, like, me- like a little medley of the songs that we'll be hearing mm-hmm. um, throughout the musical. Am and I... then we get into... Oh, yeah, she does, like, a quick overview of, like, the story of Cinderella. Yeah, yeah, and then we get into, like, the opening credits, and I know we keep bringing up from Justin the Kelly, but, like, I, watching this, I literally couldn't help but think, like, this is, this is just so much better. Like, this is how you do opening credits. And see, yes, and it's, like, disappointing, because from Justin the Kelly, was that in 2001, 2000? I think so, yeah, Um, four years after this. Yes. So, because all the musicals are just like, this opening credits, like, so, there you were born. Um, this is the year I was born. That's why I thought of that. <laughs> this was the year you were born, yeah. Um, so, listeners, if you're trying to so get, you know, steal identity. Kelly is what I'm hearing. Uh, September 11th, 1997 is Raven's date of birth. Correct. Um, also, I think we just confirmed that 9-11 caused from Justin, or from Justin and Kelly caused 9-11. I think that's. Well, when did it come out? Uh, presumably during the Before, su- Yeah. So it caused nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is that might be disrespectful. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We're leaving it. It's been twenty um, years. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, it's been twenty one years. People born after nine eleven are old enough to drink. Yeah. What I'm trying <laughs> sorry. to say is that we've looked at obviously movies and musicals like after from Justin and Kelly and we're like yeah this is a better way to do opening credits this movie happened before and there's there's a lot of things about this movie it's just like so 90s with special effects that I'm just like mm. even more so there's no excuse there's no excuse for, for Justin and Kelly. the Drake and Josh clip art word <laughs> art opening word art but credits specifically, that like, from justin kelly like the bill the one of the billboards it was like facing no one just the audience <laughs> that's not how billboards work that's not how billboards work also like a billboard on a beach anyway um what i like about board. these i hate you what i like about these credits specifically like there's something about the way they do it where like it's going over 9 11 this episode <laughs> It's going over like the marketplace and like the music is playing and people are milling around and stuff like that. And so you're actively, it's actively beginning the story. Like you're not having to wait for the story to start, but it's not detracting from the credits. Like neither one is distracting from the other. And I just, oh, yeah. I just love the way they balance that. It's just so perfect. Yeah, it's just so 90s. And I love the opening credits. They made sure, because there's a lot of big names in this, a lot of, you know, great people. They're like, your opening credits, in alphabetical order. Do not come at us. This is alphabetical <laughs> order. And then later on, they have, like, the other credits. And, like, Whitney Houston is first. Is and first. then Bernadette Peters. Yeah. And they're like, this is this is how we view We understand. Uh, but also, I see Bernadette <laughs> Peters. She deserves to be up there. Give her her dues. Uh, Ber- I mean, Bernadette Peters. She's so... Her voice... I think... You can really hear the been, Sophie in, in this in this performance. I think she, we, by our episode 50, I'll figure out uh, who's been in the most episodes, actor-wise. Ooh, that'll be cool. Uh, no. Yeah. I got the data. Love that. I took the notes. <laughs> okay. So we get past the opening credits, and we're in, like, this marketplace. Um, love the colorblind casting. It's super fun. Um, one of the, it was interesting because one of the, oh, that, yeah, that's also a big thing about like 
yeah. this production and is was sort the of and will sort of play into like the question I ask at our discussion question at the end today. Um, but one of the notes that like uh, was given by one of the critics for this movie was that like it was actually a really good choice to have full colorblind casting like across the different uh like across the entire cast as opposed to like just having Brandy as Cinderella because yeah. they were like that way you avoid kind of like disturbing appearance of having uh an african-american cinderella being constantly like degraded by a white stepmother but like yes we also have Whoopi goldberg as a literal queen who has a white husband and an asian son so it all works out <laughs> <laughs> there's just one part that doesn't quite work with this um but i'll bring that up later yeah we'll, we'll talk about when we get there <laughs> yeah so we see like the town the costuming is so good it's so good. And Don't you something... just want to dress like that and go to a fair? So, I would love to. I honestly truly want to go Burnett to a Renaissance Peter's fair. Bernadette Peters' ball gown would look so oh good on God, you. Oh my God, I love her purple. ball gown. I love that. Yeah. But there's something about this set that's like, and this is something that I really think the 90s just nailed, is this set is simultaneously Camp. cartoonish and actually Camp. really, really cool. Like, it's like... Camp. Yeah, it's so campy. Yeah, and it's like... <laughs> And it, it almost feels like, did you ever go to Disney World and, or Universal Studios and go to like the Dr. Seuss Land? I forget which one, which yes. park it's in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Universal Studios. Universal Studios, in yeah. In Orlando, Florida. Like, it, this this set doesn't look like Dr. Seuss Land because it wouldn't, but like, it's, there's something, it has that same vibe where like, it's... Like Halloween Town. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's definitely like... A, a fantasy there, element to it. There's a fantasy set. Yeah, and and this this movie is actually categorized as a musical fantasy television play, even though it does take place in our planet Earth with the countries we know. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> Which was like kind of weird. I was like, "What country are they in?" And because like this this is our world. Yeah, it has been established with what they're saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, which, okay, so then we see, we see Brandy, we see her, uh, sorry, we see Cinderella. Okay, we see, <laughs> well, well, first we see the stepmother, mm -hmm. um, played by Bernadette Peters. She doesn't yep. have a name, it's just the stepmother. Yeah. Would like to make that clear. Some other things Bernadette Peter has been in, I've repeated myself so many times, because she's been <laughs> in so many of the things we've talked about, but she's also been in The Jerk. Um, American Playhouse, Zoe's Extraordinary, uh, Extraordinary Playlist. Yep. Extraordinary Playlist. Uh, it could be pronounced either way. <coughs> She's great. Yes. She, She's amazing. Some of those notes she hits. Oh I'm my like, gosh. Because a lot of times, I mean, she's the antagonist of this film. Mm -hmm. One of the antagonists of this film. And so a lot of, I feel like, villain, quote unquote, villain songs are either super, like, campy. Or super commanding. And yes. she does both in this. She does both. Like, and I sent you like... a TikTok about a Jinx Monsoon singing Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yes. Which is sort of and I just similar. want to bring it up because it was so incredible. good. <laughs> so good. Ugh. But I, I really love, um, I really love Bernadette Peter singing in this because I feel like one... I feel like she has a perfect, like, vocal warble, I guess, is the best way I can describe it. <sighs> Like, she just... Because yes. it's more than vibrato. Like, it's different than vibrato, yeah. you know? Um, and she just... She has such good vocal control that I just... Ugh, oh, amazing. And yeah. she does hit And she has some... Notes. 
She has some cutting lines. Like, oh, yeah. did you really just say that to a person? <laughs> There's so many times I want Brandy to just punch her in the face. <laughs> I was like, you can't. I was like, you can't say that. She was like, she's like, yeah. but I can and I did. She was like, oh, why, why are you talking to me? Your mom's dead and dad said too. Literally. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what are you going to do? God, what are you going to do, Cinderella? What are you going to do? going to turn to your parents? They're dead. You can't. Like, whoa. Whoa, Bernadette. Um, we also see uh, the stepsisters, who are so much fun. We have Calliope, played by Vian Cox, who's also been in Smash, Aaron Brockovich, uh, Indoor Boys. Uh, fun thing, because I think it's really fun when these really kind of like comic relief characters are all act all silly and stuff. Yeah. Especially when they're dancing. Um, she did study ballet at the Washington School of Ballet. That's dope. Um, and she definitely gave, like, me and my boyfriend, like, Chris, uh, Christine Baranski vibes. I can totally see that. I can totally yeah. see that. And which is just a huge compliment to uh, you, um, Ian yeah. Cox. And then Natalie Giselle Reed, who plays Minerva, who's been in BAPS. Uh, she, Mickey, like opposite mm-hmm. Halle Berry. Um, she has been in e- so many episodes of Eve. She was in For Your Love, uh, Medea's Big Happy Family, mm-hmm. and uh, a incredible actor um, taken too soon. Yeah. Passed away a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, One thing I really, really like about their performance. So I I personally think one of my favorite adaptations, I guess, of Cinderella that I've ever seen is Ella Enchanted. And I I really love the portrayal of the stepsisters in Ella Enchanted because I feel like they were... You love Lucy Punch. Lucy Punch is... (laughs) Is the stepsister. Is the stepsister. (laughs) first and foremost but i really like adaptations that don't just make the stepsisters evil but make them campy you know and i feel like yeah. i i feel like all adaptations try to do that a little bit but i feel like into the woods aired a little more evil and here like it's it's easy to laugh both at and with them you know, yeah. like at no point well, because, do I truly hate them, but like obviously I'm not rooting for them, but it's easy to laugh with them and at them, you know. But like, Into the Woods, like was trying to be more grim, pun yes. intended. With yes, it. yes, it, it, which is also weird because it's not supposed to be like it's supposed to be like a comedy and like laughing and all that stuff. But the film was a, it happened. Speaking of Bernadette Peters again, it, was a great a great witch, a great. Ours are tricky. I have to. Ours are tricky. Yeah, I have to grin. Ms. Silverstein taught me grinning and like thinking about that motion helps me pronounce ours correctly. I love that. We love finding techniques that help us succeed. God. Shout out to speech pathologists. Facts. Like Kira. Yeah, I will say shout out to Kira Jarol. Oh wait, we didn't show her last name. Shout out to Kira, who it's is fine. our guest for. Shout out to Kira Drawl. Kira Marie <laughs> Cecile Drawl. Cecile, love her. Is Go her confirmation her name because we're confirmed Catholics together. Her mom was a confirmation teacher, and we pick saints' names. She was Cecile, the patron saint of music, and I picked Patrick because like Saint Patrick's Day. <laughs> love that for you. You see, intention was used for one of them, but not the other. <laughs> not the other. And that's that's me and Kira. How does um, Brandy literally look beautiful as a country bumpkin? Let's talk about Brandy. Brandy, Cinderella, Moesha Mitchell. Moesha. More. Oh my god. Also, the mom in uh, Forbidden. Yes, and she sang in Osmosis Jones, she's Leah. 
I never knew that. Oh my gosh. Also, in 2015, do you know what she was doing on the Broadway? What was she doing? Roxy Hart, Chicago. God damn. I I want to see that. Like she she definitely crushed that. She for yeah, sure. No, she that. definitely did, and like extended like kind of like the production for it, and she was like did different revivals of it like Ooh, years after. I can really see her with like a cute little pixie like Bob or something. Not pixie and Bob are different, but like a pixie cut or yeah. Bob like Roxy. Um, oh, and that and that who... glitter like ooh ooh she was I heard. Uh, of course, I heard. Um, do you know who? I don't know if she's like preparing the role like she got the role or wants to but as roxy hart on broadway no pamela anderson i can see that too i can see it too she did say she wanted to like do like more serious uh like theater and entertainment and stuff because i like what i really love about the character roxy like she does like the whole point of Roxy Hart, not the whole point, but like a facet of her mm-hmm. is that yeah, she does like she does. She's not talentless, no, but she's just she is not, not up to snuff. Yes, yeah. she like not necessarily like needed that infamy to like be famous, mm-hmm. but she there there was more um, her talent alone wasn't going to get her where she needs to be. The infamy got her further faster than her talent alone would have. Yes. Yeah. And Pamela Anderson is very talented. Yes. But, but also I feel like her people sexual appeal. See her, yes. People see her not as that. So I think that aspect of it like makes a lot of sense. Um she's Asia I think she'll be able to draw a lot of um like, you know, views of her. Mm-hmm like counting her out for the character Roxy. Yeah, and then she'll fucking crush it. If that it. does end up being true or I'm spreading fake news. And <laughs> if that's the case, Pamela Anderson, you should be Roxy. You should be Roxy. Let's see, let's see how that's going. I feel like she but that also well. gets into the conversation about like, you know, on Broadway, um, these like, you know, bigger name people with established careers like and like in these roles and stuff and they're, they're obviously going to do a good job but yeah. sometimes it would be nice for like you know newer people a newcomer to like, to, to yeah. be able to rise up to that yeah that's true yeah. but like i also think like i don't know like it's it's fun but i don't feel that s- way about Todrick hall so i'm gonna shut up oh, <laughs> in <fast>. chicago <laughs> um yeah no i i feel the like sometimes it's, it's cool to see a newcomer like crush an established role but i also think it's cool to see newcomers like establish their own element or like be be establishing a brand new story too yeah 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 it's tricky it's tricky it's tricky to it's tricky <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, I forgot what she curly. said because i didn't write it down but my next note is cinderella's a fucking savage um okay let me look through mine it was something oh. she said to the stepsisters obviously <laughs> yeah the stepsisters are arguing about like the hat to wear oh that's right um, and she was like then they finally turned to her was like who do you think it's more flattering on and she was like i don't think it looks good on either of y'all uh, you're ugly as fuck now one of y'all <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh uh, yeah ugly ass hat hell yeah cinderella was my note um so then we so get into the song when- the sweetest sounds and something a lot of this music i really like this song in particular it's like how there's that minor element Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, like there's like a major lift. What's the opposite of that? Is that what's going on? It's a, like a minor a, fall. A minor fall. I don't know. I apologize. We don't know music as like we should for being like. Now a I'm music playing Hallelujah central. in my head. Thanks a lot, Campbell. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was the point. Um, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. Oh dear um, God. <laughs> Rufus Rainwright. Um, but this song is like hypnotizing me to be optimistic. That's what yes. the song sounds like. Because there's there's that downturn in the music I'm in where trance. it's like where it's like I'm not where I want to be, but draws I, you I, in. I truly believe I can get there and I will get there. You know, um, something I also think is interesting. So something I've been learning about recently is diegetic versus non-diegetic music mm-hmm. in a in a film. So diegetic refers to sounds or music that are heard by the people in the story, in the film. Whereas non-diegetic is heard by the audience, but not heard by the people in the film. And the interesting thing about, I don't know whether this would technically count as non-diegetic, but I find it interesting that like, this song is specifically being sung by Cinderella and the Prince. It becomes a duet between them. But it's very clear that like, it's not actually, unlike the other songs, it's not the actual dialogue they are saying to other people. It is them voicing their thoughts as they're going through their day. And it's really interesting because it's, it almost plays the role of like the I want song that you see in like, the little mermaid like part of your world like that type of song where like the character's like this is what i want in life you know um and we get the like that first look into like their their thoughts and we see that they're they're actually compatible individuals and i think that's what i really like about this particular version of cinderella and like the rogers and hammerstein version of cinderella in general is that it's one of the only versions to me that actually establishes what could be what truly could be a successful relationship between the prince and Cinderella. Because we yeah. see that they are actually compatible individuals, and it's not just, oh, he saw her at a ball one night, and she was hot, so then he and found her. And has a foot fetish, yeah. <laughs> and has a foot fetish, yeah. Oh, also, so we see, like, the prince come in. Um, he's incognitous as a commoner. Um, but then gets into like, a big-ass carriage at the end of the And song. does Brandy not see him <laughs> walk into there? I literally was like, is she not confused by this? <laughs> like, or or maybe she just knew the whole time. was like, I'm going to get that bag. Facts. And you know what? Power to, all power to you, yeah. Brandy. I also love how, I don't know if it's technically a canon, but like uh, how they kind of, their duet sort of devolves into canon at the end, which is like their, I, I saw that as like, they're sort of singing the same melody, like they want the same things out of life, but they're currently like a beat out of step with each other. What is that called? There's a certain thing, and there's like videos all the time where you have like different like balls at di- uh, polyrhythm. Oh, polyrhythmic, yes, but that's it's different polyrhythmic. because they're they're singing the same melody. They're singing the same rhythm, I think. Just like they, no, they're they're singing the same melody, but they're at different speeds. Because how else will they true. get there? That's true. That's true. Because she's singing, she's repeating the line in the space between his lines. Yeah. yeah I so think I think I think it would count as polyrhythmic. I think you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, this strange man we find out to be Prince Chris Defer. Much longer name. We'll get to it. Um, I love played by Paolo Montalban. <laughs> Um, who's also been in Just Right, uh, Mortal Kombat, Conquest. Uh, he played Kung Lao in it. And something I will say about him, uh, his singing voice, I think, is the, like, primo Prince Charming singing voice. I agree. It's, very, it's so rich. Um, it's very enchanted yes. James Marsden. 
Yes, I agree. I've been dreaming. But it's very well done, and his voice fits with Brandy's so well. Yeah. Oh, so Cause well. Because what is Brandy? Brandy's a contralto? I believe she's a contralto. But also her, her singing voice in this is, I don't I can't tell if it's actually higher, but it's definitely lighter. It's a little breathier um, than yeah. it normally, like in her like albums and stuff like that. Yeah, but I think that like really fits the role of Cinderella, who like honestly, her life like till this stuff is like kind of like a sigh, mm. and that's kind of evidence like through her singing. Look at you, Campbell! I love that. Thank you. I love that Thank for you. you. So one thing I really love is when she's like, "Oh, about to be run over by well, that dumb carriage." I mean, yeah, sure that too. But when they actually start talking. And he's like, oh, so like, how would like, what would a charming stranger have to do to like, you know, talk to a pretty girl in the market or whatever? And she's like, oh, he would have to know how to like actually treat a girl. And he's like, oh, like a princess. And she's like, no, like a fucking person. Treat me with basic kindness and respect. And I was like, yeah, God damn, idiot. yes. <laughs> like, like, I'm just um, like, yes. Also, girls, charming women stranger. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I mean, it's true, but how dare you? But how dare you, sir? <laughs> Um, and then she's like, what's your name? It's like Cinderella. And it was like, Cinderella is like, yeah, I liked sometimes the cinders from the flame, uh, from the fireplace that I sit too close to smudges my face. <laughs> and he's just like, okay. okay. <laughs> Which, <laughs> All like, right. Low key she's like, this... I'm quirky. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag I'm not like other girls. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, he basically says that that's, multiple he times. Do- he literally movie. does. <laughs> Um, Cinderella, it grows on you, I guess. You don't have to say that about yourself. Yeah, that's fair. It grows on you, I guess. Just say Ella. That's true. Which, like, like that girl. is... That's sort of she the actual has the, She has the self-esteem. She was like, I know how I want to be treated, but you should but call me you... this mean nickname. Yeah... <laughs> yeah <laughs> and like other versions also, of cinderella i get it they're just beating her down all the time and she like fully believes it in every interaction there's like some interactions where she was like no i don't deserve that for the most part she was like yeah you know what i'm like i'd stupid to dream this kind of stuff and it's just you know from like abuse and neglect and stuff like that yeah, and but it's... there's just like the parts that she's like um, I'm a fucking human being. Treat me as such. It's like, but, While but my, like, but, but I will tell, but I'm asking you to call me the mean nickname trash woman that my family me. calls me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so one of the, one of the notes for this movie was that like they, in modernizing the book, they also like were like rewrote quote rewrite rewrote its main character into a stronger heroine, and I was like, I mean, like halfway though, like black because be- <laughs> heroine. <laughs> you got me, um, because like one, she constantly looks like a deer in headlights, um, and she does yeah she she does (laughs) do that where like on the one hand like she advocates for herself appropriately with the prince but then like 
with her family, she still has to like learn like, hey, you're worthy, you're a human, you mm-hmm. deserve to be treated it's, as such. <laughs> it's like when you're telling your friend, it's like, no, you're beautiful. How like how fucking dare you say <laughs> a single negative thing about yourself? Meanwhile, you're just like, oh, what about you? I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm the a human incarnate <laughs> of a trash goblin. Is the perfect way to put it. I was going to say a dumpster fire entering the sewer. But this song is really cool. I uh, know. It's just very lilting. Um, yes. And I feel like a lot of these songs are, I think in Cinderella in general, and a lot of variations, um, they do play off like those like waltz kind of elements. Oh, And you yes. know, I'm a sucker for a fucking waltz. Oh my gosh. And towards the end, like at the ball, I, mm. I'm so excited when we get there. I want to talk about that yeah. waltz so bad. Yeah. Um, and then she's basically like, he's trying to like, you know, get her number and stuff. And she was like, leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and they like, they both had like different, they was like, we, I've had a sheltered life too. Different kinds of sheltered different lives. Different kinds of sheltered. But there is something that like does like, it's like Aladdin and Jasmine. It's a gender reversed yeah. You know, royalty in disguise relating to experiences of someone that they've met. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. That they're, you know, a little into. I am ready to make a second drink if you would like. Cool. I would love to. So, I'm going to put 0.75 amaretto. Mm-hmm. I will put one. About ounce. a tablespoon. I'll put about um, a tablespoon and a half. And uh, I think we put then, everything else the same. Well, I, I, well, I guess I'll I, make mine the way you did. Okay, yeah. And yeah. so I, I need to muddle the maple syrup and pumpkin just puree. Just like, I just use a spoon. Like, just like mix just it mix in the it. bottom of the glass okay. and then pour the other And then everything the else in the shaker. Yep. Okay. And then, and then for, for you, you, everything goes in the shaker and then you put the milk Except the milk. The top. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Break. Break. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, I feel like I can taste the, the pumpkin more. For sure. Yeah, That's I was about great. to say, and I think I taste it less than this. Mm. So how do you feel? Great drink. We did a really good job. How how can we now bridge the gap of what we did? I think this time, did you measure how much milk you put in yours when you first did nope. it? Okay, yeah. I think I put like too much milk for my liking this time by not measuring it and just kind of topping with it. Um, so I like the three ounces. I do like the extra amaretto and uh, pumpkin. And pumpkin. So I, okay, so did do you like uh, the muddling, the mixing before and more, or in the shaker? In the shaker was definitely like more convenient. Like it was easier, and it yeah. didn't like because my we concern, mix it anyway. Yeah, I wasn't sure how the puree would just fare in the um, in the shaker. So that, that's the only reason that I muddled it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I think I think the shaker's fine. So do we want to do um, one of amaretto? One of amaretto, one a tablespoon and a half of the pumpkin puree. I think specifically three ounces of the milk. Yeah, at um, the end or mixed with it. I just kind of like how it looks. I think at the end. And then end, you can mix it. I think I like okay. at the end, yeah. Because you can easily cool. just stir it to mix if you want to. Yeah. And then definitely nutmeg on top. I like that. Oh, and yeah, and a whipped cream. Yeah. 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 So cool. Decided. Twelve oh one. Amazing. Cheers. Cheers. So we go to the castle, um, and it is not. Um, yeah, because he's royalty, and then rendered well. Like what the fuck? 
Yeah. It when they first show it in the distance, I was like, "Ooh, buddy." <laughs> was this season one of Merlin? <laughs> Bro, the effects Thank were so you. bad. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here Thank all night. Thank you. <laughs> um, and we're introduced to the attendant. Like, I don't know everything. What is Lionel supposed his to be? job. But we're introduced to Lionel. Who's advisor? played by? I don't know. I, I don't think he's an advisor because they don't listen to him. <laughs> um, True. And he's, he's like decent, decorating like, the castle and stuff. Yeah, and like making food orders. Maybe he's a manservant. So, uh, that's why I said attendant. That, yeah, that's a better word. Correct. <laughs> manservant. Interesting. <laughs> Raven. Okay, so Lionel, played by Jason Alexander. Uh, he's George Costanza. Seinfeld. Like, yeah. Yeah, how do you not oh, know this man? One? He, he's Hugo in Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh, um, he's in Pretty Woman. He's in the animated Harley Quinn show. That's super, super funny. He's in Young Sheldon in A Million Things. Super, super funny. Question for you, Raven. Mm-hmm. Why is he the only one doing an accent? <laughs> I just thought that was George. Cause I just thought that was him. I just thought he just decided. No, nope, nope. I'm telling himself. you it's not. <laughs> um, why is he the only one doing an accent? And what is this accent? What do you think? Because this... This universe is the same world we live in. That's true. They make a lot of what, real, real, real What do you think is Lionel's nationality is what I'm asking you. Because to... he's the only one that has like an accent. I'm trying to remember what his voice sounded like. I feel like it was European in some sense. Mm-hmm. In some sense. <laughs> if, if you had to put sense to it, it would be some. <laughs> Um, maybe he's, you know what? Uh, We're going to go random. He's from Montenegro. I love that for him. (laughs) I love it. So Lionel, um, also, oh, I guess we haven't quite gotten there yet. Continue. Uh, uh, Chris Cross is saying, um, oh, don't tell, don't tell my parent, Prince Chris. Oh. Uh, you don't tell my parents I was like out dressed as a commoner again and he was like how am I supposed to lie to her I'm um, talking about the queen mm-hmm. who I'm is introduced to his mother Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg. fucking Goldberg see I haven't watched this movie since I was a kid and like I remember Same. I, I saw this I saw this movie it. on TV I think with my Ooh, nanny love it. um nanny being grandma um I, th- I, re- I, like, have a memory of seeing this with commercials. Wild. And not on the Disney Plus, as we watched today. Interesting. I watched this today. Uh, yeah, yeah, I also. Um, yeah, so I, I haven't watched this since I was a kid, and I obviously remembered Brandy and Whitney Houston, um, and generally Bernadette Peters, but I didn't know who she was at the time. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot Whoopi Goldberg was in this until she showed up oh, on screen, I and I lost my shit. No. <laughs> oh, uh, how is man. she literally amazing in everything? She's so good in this. Queen Constantina. Oh my gosh! Say her so, name. So yeah, Whoopi Gold- Say her full Whippy name. Goldberg. Yeah, no, we will later. Uh, she's the queen. Um, she, oh my god, she's just so great. Um, I mean, she's Dolores in Sister Act, and that's like the most important credit to me because I because love Sister, Sister Act, Act so is much. a what? Perfect movie. Correct. Sister Act one is a perfect movie. Sister Act two is really good. It's a really good movie. It doesn't feel like a sequel. It feels like a standalone movie. Fair. 
I love Sister Act so much. Um, but also, like, Color Purple, um, Ghost. Fun fact, the king and the queen in this, so the king, um, King Max, uh, played by Vic, uh, Victor Garber. He's also been in a lot um, of stuff. Yeah, uh, Family Law, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, The Flash. Uh, he's in Alias, like, a million episodes. Mm-hmm. Those two actors have both been in one episode of the same show. Not the same time. What is that show, Raven? Jesus Christ. Uh, there, there's get, a reason I'm asking you this. Nope. Can I get a genre? No more hands. Not like, why Why would I ask you about this particular show? Is it That's Scrubs? No. Oh, wait, is it, is it 30 Rock? Yes. Am I supposed to Do guess you know, their episodes? Uh, not their episodes, just like their characters or like what they were doing. Ah, fuck. Um, one of them's easy. Well, Whoopi Goldberg can only play herself. So yeah. <laughs> talk about e godding with Tracy. Yes, uh, which and will, I don't will, think you're going. Which will come up uh, in the composer notes. Um, I love that. Uh, I do not remember. Wait, fuck. I didn't look this up, but I'm pretty sure. He's I don't remember what he I'm played. Thinking. I don't remember who he played. Um, do you remember? I mean, the, yes, when you mention it, I will, but. <laughs> the episode of 30 Rock where Jenna Maroney is trying to be the spokeswoman for Wool. <laughs> yes. I think he's like the CEO of Wool. He is. He fully is. That's, oh no, that's why. I, <laughs> that's why I was trying. I was. I was. I couldn't figure out who he was. I was like, he wouldn't that's have played. So wool. He wouldn't have played just like a character's dad or something, you know. But oh my gosh, nope. he totally was. Jesus. Was he like Mr. Gremby or something like that? <laughs> yes. I don't remember exactly what his name was, but that sounds right. And oh like my his gosh. wife's family was killed by people and that was like a topic i was like i'll let her say it at dinner <laughs> we haven't um, had a okay. 30 rock reference in quite a while remember at the beginning when i remember at the very when beginning i saw of the show, him i was just like one every episode yeah wild. when i saw him when i was watching it today i was just like wool <laughs> was my reaction love that for you oh my gosh okay so so they're the king and queen and they're like hey um you gotta find a wife my dude you need to like have an heir. You're gonna be king someday, and the king's like, Are, "What? I'm what the- I'm fully alive." <laughs> and I think, well, <laughs> you we think- all know who rules this country. Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> so yeah, so um, he's like, I don't want to like. They're like, okay, we need to have a ball so that you can find a wife and we can like get different women and stuff like that. Standard patriarchy shit. And so- he says. I do not want to ball, which then is followed by the song, The Prince is Giving a Ball. Because you know <laughs> what his mother's doing? <laughs> what she wants. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's a proclamation. I literally wrote down, wait, how do a white person and a black person have an Asian son? I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. The family. Also, I high-key love Lionel's hairstyle. It's just so random because he's the only person in the show that doesn't have just like a normal, just a normal hairdo. <laughs> it's like a balding friar yes. with 
only with one and a half hair curlers. <laughs> Not two full ones. One and two. a half. One on one side and half on the other. <laughs> Sometimes it switches, but oh, they're both the not curled description. fully. That is the perfect description. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so the song is really, it's the proclamation. And yes. everyone in this family has very long names. Would you I like to them. hear them, Raven? Yes, please. I did not write them down. I assumed you didn't. His Royal Highness. Christopher, Rupert, Windmere, Vladimir, Carl, Alexander, Francois, Reginald, Lancelot, Herman, Gregory, James. Wild. And then, he's the son of Queen Constantina Charlotte, uh, Ermitrude, Guinevere, Maisie. Maisie? Uh, Marguerite. Marguerite Anne. And the son of King Maximilian, Alfred, uh, Ladislaw, Leopold, Sidney. I, I unironically love the name Leopold. Like, not like I would name my kid that, but like, I just, I like that name. I guess like an old, like a, like a That's how I feel about old-timey. Rupert. Rupert is high-key a good name. I like Rupert. It's a cute name. I like Leopold. It's great Little Roops. If you went up to a baby and say, what's up, Roops? <laughs> is that not precious? Yeah. The prince is giving a ball. Is yes, a ball. the prince is giving a ball. I um, love their names. Um, I Rogers and Hammerstein are were uh, rest in peace. Uh, so good at rip, making just fun showy Family music. Lights. Like their their music yeah. is like like these are literal show tunes in like the best sense of the word. And yeah. it's just so fun. It's like light and quick. The choreography is on point, and it has like the full feeling. This entire scene has the feeling to me of like an old school comic opera like Pirates of Penzance. Like it just yes. has that and vibe. This song also has something that I know you hold near and dear to your heart. Um fun list. Love a list. Love a good list. Love a list. Grocery the, the shopping list? So much fun. I have an entire app of lists right now. How many flowers do they want? Two thousand flowers? That's <laughs> so fun. many That's goddamn flowers. <laughs> Two thousand. I counted. Oh, amazing. Um, there has to be a better way for them to tra- to transport the alcohol, though. Also, the bread. They're um, throwing. That like everything else, I, I I'm fine with because it's like can't be them dancing. It's fun. With the bottles of champagne, there's like four people and they're throwing one <laughs> bottle at a time to no, put Campbell, in a single. I think basket. that's the most efficient way. No, <laughs> and <laughs> I like honestly, and you know. One of them gets away. Good on Lionel. He gives it. It opens. He was like, you know what? I deserve this. And he has one sip. He treats and he's himself. Drunk. <laughs> and I love that for his character. Um, maybe it's a cultural thing. Wherever he's from. I don't know. It's an ambiguous accent. But it's good. It was a good move. It was a smart move for Lionel, who has been mistreated most of this film. Oh, so much. Okay, but actually the thing that I kind of like about Lionel, Lionel is one of the few sidekicks of this type that like he's mistreated, but not in a way that makes me feel like he's actually undervalued. You know what I mean? Like there are times, like at least the prince does listen to him at certain times. And like, they never actually degrade him as a human being. And there are some sidekicks like this role, well, that I um, perceived. <laughs> like, they like fully tried to throw him off a ladder he was on the floor in the ball and they were like who is that they're like lionel they're like oh none of our business 
So that's fair. I, that's fair. But like I, with their I'm gonna words. have to disagree with you, Michelle. <laughs> but like um, with their that's... words, they don't de- they don't denigrate him with their words. Which there are some psychic characters that you just feel sad for, and I never really feel sad name, for Lionel. Name, name some. Zazu. Ooh. Mufasa full on lets Simba attack him <laughs> for fun. Who? Which name? Mufasa. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. Mufasa. Ooh. Whoopi Goldberg. And now we're back. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Shenzi. Okay. Um, I feel like this scene is what a live action Prince Ali should have felt like. Yes. Including Bernadette Peters is a bird who can warble on key. Facts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. Bringing it back. Amazing. Um... So now we see Cinderella's house. It's a nice house. Um, it is a pretty nice. It's a cute little cottage. Little yeah, cottage. And court. so, like, Cinderella's expected to open the door for her family, take everything. And they're like, we're so tired. And uh, Cinderella's like, I'm tired too. And her stepmother is like, Excuse you, to, you have been busy. The impertinence. What have you been doing? And Cinderella's like waiting on you, literally, literally carrying all bags. day. They literally walk in the door, and she's like, "Cinderella, have you dusted the rafters?" And she, she she's literally standing there, like with their back. She's like, "Are, are you serious? <laughs> like, yeah. I was, I've been with you the yeah. whole time." <laughs> and everyone knows that the ball's the next night, um, mm-hmm. so they're like, "Hey, let's go to bed. Let's get our beauty rest." Um, and you know, Brandy is saying uh think about oh could i go to the ball maybe this is something i can like attend to because like every eligible woman in town in the country is invited and her stepmother says to her that she should know her place and be happy for what she has which is nothing so and it's like my like it's like i feel like my father would want me to go or like my father would support me it's like your father's dead so he's alive <laughs> in my heart. Um, also, fun fact: uh, when we see the stepsisters walking around with a book on their head to practice their posture, I had to did do that. that as a debutante. As a debutante, actually, it was that was way before I was debutante. That was actually when my sister was a debutante. I was like eight years old, maybe nine. So, a couple of years ago. Shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) i knew you were gonna do that that's why i did it too (laughs) i mean it's fun um when cinderella says he's alive in my heart her stepmother says don't cling to the past it's not attractive this this woman (laughs) hates her she just like hates this little girl like and then like the stepsister is like i want it's like give me water give me milk i know it's blind casting but like of course the white one wants milk to drink (laughs) we get into the saddest song of this in my own little corner she's like i'm shy i'm not good enough but you know what if i sit in my little chair by the fire i can be anything but then i remember Um, i'm nothing uh cinderella that's called trauma-induced dissociation. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, this is this is your happy place. Um, you're not in touch with reality. <laughs> Facts. Also, she didn't do not one thing they asked. 
No. Also, she pronounced Milan Milan. I did not like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, you can see the look this, on Raven's how face. How is this she our really world? Like it. Yeah, how is this <laughs> our, our world? Like, she could be like, uh, what'd she say? Like, uh, queen in Egypt. Um, she, like... I, I didn't even remember all the... Uh, I mean, a huntress in Africa. I was like, Brandy, you don't... Cinderella, <laughs> like, don't... Don't be a big game hunter. Like, that's not what we want for you. So they're prepping for the ball. In my own little corner. It's just <laughs> oh, so my, Yeah, sad. we're still going with that song. All alone in my own little chair. And it's not like a cute, my little chair, like Tina Lee says, like, It's the oh, chair my that little gets the chair. cinders on her face. Yeah. Because she's called... <laughs> Sitting Cinderella. She's just sitting by the fire. Which, like, how close do you have to be sitting to by the fire... That to get the like cinders the ash on smudge me. your face. I just wild. Which I didn't think that was originally why she because uh, so there's different reasons why like she's she she would have to clean and like the soot on her face. Yeah, there's different Cinderella, reasons why she's called Cinderella, Cinderella, and it does always have to do with, like the fireplace and soot. But like usually it has to do with like her having to clean the fireplace, mm-hmm. or like there was one adaptation. <laughs> there's one point. variation of the story where. Um, they to delay her going to the ball they dumped a bowl of lentils uh into the ashes from the fire into the woods is clean... that? oh yeah yeah yeah. uh and that but that's Anna like kendrick's a, a witch it's, so it's it worked an, out fine that's also an official story like yeah. an, an official story variant. that may be like um, the grim's the grim one it's probably the grim version uh matt could tell us um or we could just listen to our own episode of the podcast no. um <laughs> and once she cleans up all the lentils then she can go to the ball which like with the assumption she'll never be able to clean up in time um so like those variations yeah it makes perfect sense that soot is in your face but like you're sitting too close to the f- is your face yeah, she's in just the lo- fire <laughs> see this is just like concerning from a like a sociopathic psychotic kind of way she's just like is so obsessed with the fire aspect that she's just like yes let it cleanse me you know, you know what would have been an interesting ending if she just like burned Killing down the spray. house. <laughs> well, I she basically went on one and into the woods. I always say about these damn musicals, there's not enough blood. Not enough blood. Not enough blood. Big facts. So then we see that we get back to the castle and we see Lionel mm-hmm. kind of like singing the previous song while they're getting ready for the ball, and the prince is furious. He was like, "I don't want this," but Lionel comes up with has an idea and he says well maybe if you can find a suitable bride at the ball hint hint nudge nudge wink wink and the prince connects the dots and it's like mother and father if i do not find a suitable bride might i be allowed by happenstance might i be allowed to choose my love for myself and they're like yeah sure fuck whatever um and he's like, bet, I'm a, I'm a reject every single girl at this ball. And it basically becomes like, uh, you ever watch Swan Princess? Of course I have. It's literally the same thing. Where like, they're literally parading these girls in front of him. Although I did low-key like that parade better. But it's also because it's animated and there's more you can do with it. Why were all of the girls in purple? We'll talk about it when we get there. Oh, about, yeah, yeah. I, was, I yeah. wrote down, I was like, is, was there a theme to this ball because everyone's then, in purple blue and teal and minerva is still kind of wearing purple and blue but then calliope like uh, walks, yeah. the, uh, walks to the beat of her own drum in like we lime green 
Um, she is not what I would call neurotypical. <laughs> Big facts. Yeah. And so then we go back. Everyone, They're getting ready for the ball. The so family, uh, the Cinderella. girls are getting ready for the ball, yes. Um, um, and what a tight-ass corset. Oh, yeah. Poor Minerva. Um, I actually love a corset, though. Um, but at one point... Beauty knows step- no pains. Facts. Uh, the stepmother, which my mother has literally said to me before while doing my hair as a child. Um, it's not trauma. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, the stepmother literally says, whatever you do... You mustn't let the prince know how clever you are. Um, yeah. Are they clever? It's like, do, also... it's like do, show me what mother taught you. And there was like flirting eyelashes. I'm going to curtsy like eyelashes. this. Yikes. I'll... Bad. Bad. <laughs> I will Bad. I'll, I'll snag him with my infectious laughter. I actually unironically like her laugh. Oh, yeah. I think it it's an... legitimately entertaining. Yeah. Well, see, entertaining is not what she was going for, though. <laughs> Correct. She was going for endearing. <laughs> Correct. She did not uh, hit the mark. Minerva will recite a poem. No. We hide idea. our flaws until after the wedding. <laughs> Facts. Women, take note. Hashtag try not to snort. Sl- hashtag try not slash to female dating strategy. No, no snorting or scratching. Those, those are the them's the rules. I don't know. I think snorting is. I honestly think someone who laughs and snorts is honestly really endearing. Because it means they've lost control of their laugh. Like, that is a genuine laugh. Yeah, but to the point of psychotic break. (laughs) That's fair. Not great, Raven. It's not great. It depends, like, if something happens to prompt the laugh. But he literally says hello when she starts laughing. And it's like, girl, like, ugh. We get into the song Falling in Love with Love. And and my my uh, next note is fuck out of here with that wholesome shit, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, Cinderella's right like, what about falling in love? And her stepmother is like, doesn't exist. Fuck that noise. It's, uh, like falling love is love is make believe. I'm not gonna play a fool. Um, mm-hmm. They have so many chairs. They kept on si- so sitting many. in different chairs and seats. There's only four of you. And then we get the line, love fell out with me, which I was like, oh, dang. I, that I hit. love that line. Yeah. 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 I was like, and oh, it, let's, add, let's add a layer to this character. Chantel. And something that, something that I actually really like, and I understand people that don't like musicals because it feels like they just break out into song, but which, which they kind of do, but Rodgers and Hammerstein, especially Hammerstein, literally... I don't want to say he invented because I don't know enough about the history of musical theater to say that, mm-hmm. but like they very much followed the formula of like when the, when the, you talk until the emotion gets, until the emotion gets too much and then you sing until the emotion gets too much and then you dance. And here, one of the things I really, really like about their songs is that the songs in this, in this story, this uh, variant of C- Cinderella are conversational. So like yeah. the first line of these songs is the next line that that person would say. So like the way the scene flows, like um, the stepmother's first line of the song Falling in Love with Love is what she would say in that in that scene. It's just, she is now going into song. So it becomes the first line of the song. And these songs aren't like, they have a chorus and sort of like a refrain and bridge and like all that stuff. But well, refrain and chorus are more or less the same thing. But 
it's there it's very much dialogue and i think it takes a lot of musical and compositional skill to be able to make lines that could be in conversation and make them fit in the framework of a song like actually have them rhyme and stuff like that and i think that's what rogers and hammerstein and the uh subsequent composers and playwrights that they've mentored which i'll talk about later um i think that's that's one of the things that they really really perfected um in their time in musical theater um like they were literally known for ushering in the golden age of american musical theater um and i think that's that's part of the reason why and this this song really really shows that where to me this is one of the songs that just flows the best from the scene that it starts in yeah where like to me it doesn't even though she does technically burst into song it doesn't feel wholly unnatural because it is a natural continuation of the conversation they just start singing the conversation instead of speaking it i agree and i think this song is also an example of what i was talking about with burn dead peters earlier how Mm -hmm. she can transition to um kind of um commanding singing and comical singing effortlessly yes she's so talented because then when the step singers are singing and then she's just like belting like she's just far above um like note wise everyone else that's just like she's like auxiliary to the song at that point yeah and i she just it just feels natural like you were saying yeah so then we Um, see them ready for the ball they all look great I love, yeah, and this is where I wrote down, like, I love her dress, so, uh, the stepmother's dress. The the swirling patterns, like, of gold against the, the deep purple, just, ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. love it. Go I would Vikings. totally wear that dress. Oh, my gosh. And her curls are beautiful. Oh, yeah. And something I, actually... I also do really appreciate about this movie, and I feel like you do, too, I think it comes along with, like, the blind casting and, like, you know, what they care about and things like that. You actually see in, like, lyrics, comments, just, like, what they're wearing, um, appreciation and understanding of, like, different hair types. But it's never talked about because it's just, like, this is just how yes. it should be. That's literally what I was about to say. Like, yeah. I love That's the what, fact like, that... What, like, it... right before they got ready with Minerva, like, with her yeah. hair. Yeah. They, they really honor the different characters... And, and therefore the different actors hairstyles and and hair types like um bernadette peters or at least like stepmother has like these beautiful like redhead ringlets. curls yeah. ringlets like ringlet curls that are just gorgeous and they're like in every scene the way her hair is styled is meant to accentuate that and emphasize that and it's so beautiful but at the same time like brandy has these like almost micro braids Mm -hmm. like the entire movie and even when she's transferring to cinderella like they're curled and it looks like her hair is like straightened or something like that but it's still the braids they've just been styled into the queen webby goldberg when her her hair is still has her dreads yeah like they they i mean i don't think you could make whoopi goldberg do something other than her dreads like i think that would be heresy but but it's it's also it's consistent for yes. everyone to be yeah, like, oh, they, this they is your still... hair type. This is what we're doing. And it's never, uh, oh, you have braids, so we can't do anything else. Because I think a lot of people, a lot of non-black people, think that like if you have braids or dreads, that's all your hair is. But it's like, yeah. no, you can still style that. Like, it's just yeah. 
my hair is in this style, but that can then also be styled. And yeah. they actually honor that. Like, I, I don't know who the hair, I didn't look at the credits deep enough, but I don't know who the hairstylists were, but I imagine that they did have some sort of experience with different uh, hairstyles of like across different ethnic groups because I feel like everyone had their hair honored in a way that you don't always see in mixed casting like this. Which is, you know, even more upsetting because this was in 1997. And the fact that like, like- This was 25 years uh, ago. And it's, it's so, I literally at one point was like, you can't say anything. Like whenever we have those, um, like films or movies or stories where it's just like, well, it's just so hard to find like represent like representation. Also, it's like we were literally doing it in 1997, yeah. and it wasn't even in a way where like ethnic like ethnicity or race was like brought up. It was literally just like you're a great actor and a great singer, and you fit well with this role, so you're in this role. Like yeah. it's just it's just there, yeah. So we get into, so then they go off to the ball and Cinderella closes the door and she's just home crying and we get into a reprise up <laughs> in my own little corner. Um, so sad. Um, she like wishes she was at the ball to see her st and her stepsister's faces would be a queer sort of sour apple green, which I just love what? it. I also wrote down that line. As it's a queer such a person, perfectly, it's fun. <laughs> it's such a perfectly unsettling description. Yeah. You know? And then we hear Fucking Whitney and Fiddly D, Fiddly Lay, Fiddly Foddle. We're introduced to Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. <laughs> Are we not? I mean, like a little. Hidley Ho, Dilly Dally, neighbor. <laughs> oh Whitney Houston, the fairy godmother, I, appears. I and love, like, you can just tell she just had fun with this role just like saying those random lines she just had fun folded roll fiddly d fiddly loud fiddly foddle all the wishes of the world or poppycock and twaddle you got something to say about it nope i guess i don't <laughs> nope <laughs> um what <laughs> um and so cinderella's like who I'm are not questioning you questioning her like who are like who are you what are you doing here and fairy godmother's like i can leave and, and she's like, aren't you going to invite me in? Does and another she, does another little rhyme thing. And like Cinderella does say, that's she terrible. Said, that's bad. What you're doing right now is bad. <laughs> is bad. Um, and then and she's th like, it's hard to think of rhymes on the spot. You try Question it. for you, Raven. When she was yeah. like, may come in, do you think the fairy godmother's a vampire? Yes. Okay. Cool. I literally wrote down, I was like, okay. I get that as Whitney Houston, but she's still a strange woman that showed up at your bedroom, quote unquote bedroom, window in the middle of the night. Like, I, this should May be a I little more in? caution taken. <laughs> no. I like the magic effects here. It's very, like, 90s. I really like the, like, uh, glitter, like, stuff, like, spray that she'll do. Yeah. 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 Um, it is, it is very nineties, but it like, it kind of works because I don't know what else you're going to do to show magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's then... very, it's very much taken from like the animation style of like in the original Cinderella, how the fairy godmother, like it would be those same like glitter streams when she was transforming Cinderella. Yeah. And I think it, they just took the, the, um, influence. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Inspiration directly from that. But like, it actually... 
that I feel actually works. It's the pumpkin stuff. <laughs> we'll get to james and the giant peach in, in due time raven in due um, time so yeah fairy godmother is just like asking us like what's wrong what's going on stuff and she was like this is my dream i hate living here but i promised my dad that i'll like stay with them with like for the family it's and just like Winnie houston was just like okay like dream like who cares who cares what your dream is what are you doing what are you doing about it? What are you doing? What are you doing about it? What the fuck are you doing, crying girl <laughs> that I've intruded upon? Intruded <laughs> and, and forced my, forced you to invite me into your home. <laughs> yeah, and then set part of your home on fire. Like, <laughs> it was in the correct place, but, like, the fact remains. Although I will say, like, I do, I do like that, I like that uh, sort of take, like, that theme that they added into the story of, like, yes, you can wish and have a fairy godmother all you mm-hmm. want, but at the end of the day, like, and she literally says it when she takes her to the ball, like, she can only get you there. Yeah. You still have to do the work, you know? And then she was like, oh, what do you think? Do you, do you think just one of those pumpkins are just going to turn to carriage and, like, take you to the ball? And they're like, when She's times like, like that, no. I'm just like, two on the nose, two on the nose. I know what you're doing. <laughs> like, you didn't have to do we that. We get it. You're and then magical. we get into the song, It Impossible. Impossible. It's possible. It's possible. Kim Possible. Really Ron like Stoppable. Song. Shut up. <laughs> it's great. It's a great song. Um, possible things are happening every day i think that's like a great message yeah um no one's stopping you but you and she was saying i've been alive for 600 years and um she doesn't look it you know why because she's fucking whitney houston because she's fucking whitney houston she's the goddamn queen black don't cry for 600 i mean it does if it's dry but only then moisturized magic (laughs) <laughs> this is a PSA. <laughs> Moisturize. Um, this has all been a, an extensive PSA for for moisturizing and drinking your water. Yeah, and then we get into the original window screensaver, which is the pumpkin turning <laughs> into a carriage. Like, Bro, and it's like one of those pipe mazes that come up, like when you're like you know not paying attention from playing you know that whatever that skiing game on your PC. Yeah. I was trying to be so nice with all of my no, notes. No, don't was be like, nice. I was like, Bad. these effects could use some work. <laughs> but it was the 90s. So it was the 90s, can... but I feel like there's been movies prior to that. But again, it has to do with like the budgets for things. Yeah. And like, Disney's huge, always has been, always will be. But they didn't have the Disney Disney budget that they have today. Yeah, so this was like sort of um when disney was entering its golden age of like musicals but that was mostly for like animation like there at this point in time there really wasn't for tv movie yeah like in the in the 80s and 90s like the little mermaid really was the beginning of people getting into musical films again but mm. even that was specifically in animation and that was ushered in by howard ashman um and people like we got into animated musical films because there was so much more that you could do with animation than live action and so like live action musicals especially on film like not on broadway but on film like there was not a ton of confidence in them at this point so like even even getting like this many people and like doing this much for something like a live action musical was already 
I feel like sort of a big deal. And I feel like they wouldn't have spent a ton on the effects budget because you're already paying for Brandy, Whitney Houston, Whoopi Goldberg, and like all of these yeah. other stars. Which I was going to yeah. say, I was trying to think of like what live action Disney stuff was going around this time. And I was like, Disney Channel original movie. So my first Google search was Xenon Girl of the 21st Century and wondering when that came out. Ooh, I forgot about that. You're really digging in the archives. 1999. Yeah. Zoom, zoom, After this zoom. movie. Protozoa. Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. Baby. Um, But yeah, so this song is really cool. And they do this like a few times in this musical where like the first go through of the song is like basically saying this one situation. So it's like, oh, it's impossible for this. And then it repeats and be like, actually it's possible with the same condition. So they take different perspectives on the same song and generally the similar lyrics. And they do that a few times, a few times in this movie, which I think, I know it's a cool narrative tool to show like differences in perspectives without having like needing to have different songs. And, and honestly, I feel like it's a great way to, inform or progress their theme without being overly heavy-handed about it like because i i think this song is very much playing into the theme of like you are putting limitations on yourself like cinderella has i mean yes the world will put limitations on you but if there's something that you want to do ultimately you have to make the decision to do it and if you truly believe that you have like the will and the ability like you might need help there might be additional like resources or something like that that you need to get off the ground or to like to to be able to uh get started with it but ultimately like it's it's about your perspective and you believing that it's something that you can do there are things that are out of your controls but it's important to recognize the things that are are in your control yes and especially and that doesn't with, take like, away from each other but it exactly like like cinderella's uh we'll say accomplishments in this movie um aren't lessened <laughs> i could think of a better one um like ultimately she meets her goal which mm, is dubious i'll talk about it at the end um ultimately she meets her goal and like yes that's done with help but that doesn't lessen her character or the, and the work, work she's she done had to, get to here. do yeah yeah okay. yeah she just need a little little bit of a lift because some of us are starting behind question for you raven so they need horses and like men to like drive the carriage the mm-hmm. horses are made from the family pet mice. mice correct the the humans are made from mm-hmm. outside wild mice <laughs> yep and I want to talk about this now. I know it happens later. When the clock strikes 12, mm-hmm. everything's left out of the castle. So do they just lose their pets? <laughs> Fully. Okay. Cool. Got it. Um, yeah, they so have no more mice left. We get back to it's possible. Um, so Cinderella is believing. It's like, oh, this can actually happen. I believe it's going to happen, and I'm going to make it happen kind of thing. And yeah. uh, Whitney Houston, Brandy's voice is just go so well together so well together while she is oh just like gosh. flying on the outside of the carriage i was like 
It's like, you don't have to fly. There's, like, ample room in the carriage. There's ample room. Like, you could have just appeared in the carriage. But she wanted to flex, and I respect that. Also, when she's like, oh, you have to be back by midnight. And Brandy's like, but, or Cinderella's like, but why? She's like, I don't make the rules. And she's like, but she fully why not? can make the rules. Who though? makes the rules then? <laughs> like, is there, I had, is there I a had fairy... the same exact thought. I literally went to like, uh, almost said Timmy Turner. I literally went to like Fair, Fairly Godparents. Fairly Odd where Parents. It's fairly Odd Parents. I always mix it up. And it's just like, is there like a, a fairy godparent kingdom that has like a book called the rules that you're not allowed to break i was like who made these if not you oh so okay no no i get you okay in this <laughs> universe uh the rules are made by uh, jorgen von strangle <laughs> and on that we're gonna get another drink well it's halftime sports fans um i don't i don't know why i said that anyway it's campbell from boost Coles. Uh, I'd like to tell you all about Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation. This foundation keeps music alive in schools by providing vital support services to school districts and new musical instruments to underfunded music programs nationwide, giving underrepresented youth access to the many benefits of music education, leading them to success in school, and inspiring creativity and expression through playing music. There have been over 34,000 donated instruments and over 2 million students impacted by this organization. Some of the support services they offer are professional development for music teachers led by certified uh, instrument repair technicians and further community engagement and instrument drives, just to name a few. Again, Raven and I believe the best way to support us as a podcast is to support organizations like Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation that supports music education and the passion of music in our youth. You can donate at mhopus.org slash donate. Again, that's mhopus.org slash donate. Uh, back to our nonsense. Cheers. Cheers. Cinderella, Cinderella. Uh, that's, that's not something that's missing from this movie. Gus Gus. Well, I mean, there are mice. <gasps> How dare we talk about Cinderella and not even bring up the most uh, atrocious version? Be I thought that was on purpose. I thought no, we were I avoiding forgot. talking about it. Listeners, um, there's a reason we chose this one. Um, it was probably between like this and the original because we don't recognize yeah. any other ones. The jukebox Cinderella I certainly movie. don't recognize the 2015 one because one's well, not a musical. Uh, is it a musical? It probably is. I oh, didn't no. pay attention to it. What about, is um, a Cinderella story a musical or no? With Hilary Duff? With Hilary Duff? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. May it might no. be. And neither is the one with Selena Gomez. Not really. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Um, um, but, the, but I do the, not recognize the most recent jukebox musical version with Camila Cabello. Um, Adele Dazeem, what are you doing? <laughs> I am. I am. I try not to be unnecessarily offended by basic references to like my but how culture. dare they do that to Janet jackson i am legitimately offended <laughs> that they used rhythm nation in that movie specifically because the song rhythm nation has nothing to do with anything they were talking about it's an activist fucking song and because of that they only use the chorus over and over again in the worst possible way and i'm legitimately upset about it and i refuse to watch the movie yeah we like i 
every time Raven says, like, I refuse to watch it, I've, like, made her watch it. I <laughs> do, I, not this one. No. Uh, the day, the, the day we do that musical, um, in quotes, uh, for our podcast will be our last episode. And I mean it. I don't know if that's the legacy I want to leave for this. No, world. but as in like we're not going to be able to come back. Oh, as that. in it would it would yeah it would be the end of. It'll ruin us and our friendship. Yeah. So anyway, oh, they're at the love bowl. you. <laughs> um, and so um, the prince is dancing with different women. He's like, oh, he's smiling. He's like, is it a smile or is it? Bro, this shit is boring as fuck. First of all, when you first get there, everyone. Oh, okay, dead. yeah. Also, is there this a theme? Dead. Why is everyone in the same? Th- why everyone is wearing purple. blue, purple, or teal? And, like, that sheer kind of uh, material, I don't know what it's called, but, like, you know. Material? It's the, like, weirdly shiny material. Uh, tool. Yes, T-O-U-L-E. T-U-L-L-E. T-U-L-L-E. Okay, that's what it is. Tool. Like, you are. A tool. (laughs) Raven, don't say things about yourself (laughs) like that. Um. Um. So much tool. So... So they're so they're so there's so much tool. They are so they're all dancing and it's like it's a little boring, but like they're like, okay, all the different girls also, will get their stepmother turn at a time. is just like trying to flirt with Lionel to get her daughters in. Well she's flirting with Lionel because her daughters want a turn with the prince, which they signal by Minerva just screaming. I want a chance at him. But, like, it's so... I... Okay. So, the way this is done, you see the ball... Like, the ballroom dance floor. Everyone's dancing. It's all happening. Like, whatever. Then it just randomly cuts to the three of them on the stairs. She literally screams this line to the point that it, like, echoes a little bit. And then it just cuts back. And I fully lost my shit. Like, I was fully... Rolling on the floor laughing. Yes. Literally. Raffle. <laughs> Raffle. Raffle. R-O-T-F-L-O. All the live long day. Which, like, I have not used that acronym in a solid 10 years. Same. This was the first time. <laughs> I had to, like, think about, it's like, what is rolling on the floor laughing? What's the acronym for that? Which is a dumb thought process, because it's just, Cause it's it's just the, the words. words. <laughs> uh, that is indeed how acronyms work. Bird is the word. Um... Yeah, so Minerva's turn to dance, and she's just, she, like, itches once, and then he's like, why are you so itchy? I was like, that could have, that's, that's Relax. Extreme. Like, I know it's a people, bit. People are allowed to I know it's a fact, nervous Fun fact, you know tip. what the medical term for itching is? Um, scritch scratch? So, no, surprisingly. Close. It's, it's pruritus. Pruritus? Pruritus. P-R-U-R-I-T-U-S. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, that's the medical term for itching. Oh, that's fun. In case you were interested. I wasn't, but now I am. I know you are. And so but what am I? I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubber and you're glue. Um, you're both eaten by children. <laughs> what? Oh, true. <laughs> Concerning, though. You just went through the Maybe five stop. stages of grief from that response. <laughs> just all at once. So anyway, now it's Calliope's turn, who just, uh, her laughter is incessant. Um, it's crazy. I love that. It's incessant, not infectious. No. Which is what she was going for. Um, 
Yeah, she uh, the stepmother is full on pimping herself out to Lionel. <laughs> to yeah, get she's her like, daughters. he's like, there is like, is there anything you need? It's like, it's like, yeah, there's one, like, I, I one thing I need, a continent between us. He says in his <laughs> French, Italian, Turkish, Peruvian accent. Montenegrin, we've been over this. Montenegrin, my is that the is that the demonym for people uh, from Montenegro? Nice use of demonym. That's thank you. That's, that's solid. Um, we're gonna Google again because we're on that train. <laughs> people of Montenegro are called. Well, I mean, you could probably just Google Mon- Montenegro, the country. Montenegrins. Montenegrins. Cool. Montenegrins. M O N T E N E G R I N S. Also, I have no idea. I don't even know what the like national language of Montenegro is, or what type of accent the people from there like what that would sound like to an american person so i'm very sorry if i'm offending anyone from montenegro it was fully just a joke i mean they speak montenegrin interesting i don't know why i just assumed it would be like italian or something i don't know where montenegro is in europe (laughs) fully i saw it at one point and i've forgotten since it's in the balkans they're like right they're right next to serbia oh but like how like Switzerland speaks like a mix of like Italian and German and I think French. I just assume and like I guess Swiss, but like I just assume that they spoke another country's language. Cinderella makes it there. Yeah. Um and like the music's getting faster and he's just trying to yes. get get through it. And like I know with these kinds of dances, I know like the band's playing faster and like I've heard of speed dating, but this is ridiculous. Shut up. <laughs> I wrote that down earlier. I thought it was funny. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I, I do like that though, because I think it's fun to, Move I think it's bitches. fun to like challenge musicians in that way. Like there was this, uh, there's this group of kids at our all city that would always practice the music at like three X speed. And like, we thought they were kind of pretentious, but also they were really talented. I think it's yeah, just Yeah, because fun. it takes a lot of work to do that. It takes a lot of work time, to do that. It takes a lot of work to play something as slowly as you can. People always think when you're True. like, want to add, we uh, in my last band concert, there's this one song, Byzantine Dances, and the uh, graduate student who was the conductor for that song said, really want the song to have a lot of drama. Drama doesn't mean loud. Yes. Good dynamics doesn't mean loud. Lay Miz, 2012 Facts. version. <laughs> Tom Hooper. <sighs> playing softly is dramatic. Yeah. I also love dynamics like, playing, are important. Playing expressively, expressivo. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we played at one point, one of my favorite pieces that I've ever played in like middle school orchestra was, uh, I believe it was called The Great Gate of Kiev. Um, it was spelled the Russian way, but out of respect for Ukraine, I'm going to use the Ukrainian spelling. Um, it was the Great Gates of Kiev. And, um, I like how you said, in respect for Ukraine, you're going to use the Ukrainian spelling, but you're still just saying it and not spelling it. Uh, K-Y-I-V would be like the English approximation of the pronunciation, I think. I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, but the at least for the first violinist part, like the piece was like 80 percent whole notes and half notes shut up were you a concert master yes 
Um, but the, the, the piece for me at least was almost exclusively whole notes and half notes. And it was actually really, really fun to learn how to like have to play expressively when you're just playing like four notes across four measures. Um, and I think that's honestly a really, really good exercise. And I think it's just cool to like play with, uh, not dynamics, tempo, to play with like tempo and dynamics, honestly, um, to kind of challenge your, your musical, like technical proficiency. Yeah. There was yeah. this one video that we would always be shown in band and it was kind of like Ted talk esque. And it was mm -hmm. this one pianist and like, I'm going to have to look it up and it's really good. Everyone should watch it. But it was, it's like a term this pianist was saying like one cheek playing where you were getting like really into the song that you're kind of like, he was like lifted up like from his piano bench. Oh, and, like was yeah. really getting the music, like literally one like ass cheek. Yeah. Up playing. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. I've no, been yeah. there. I just thought, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I honestly like, I kind of miss that feeling of being, and that's why I'm trying to practice again to get to the point that I can play without thinking because it just, I miss that feeling of being so enthralled by the sound of the music that you are producing. It is like, it is the greatest feeling, is one of the greatest feelings in the world. And like listeners, whether you studied music as a child and haven't picked up an instrument since fourth grade, whether you are interested in getting into music, but you don't know how, like there is a reason that we strongly support uh, musical education um, by supporting like education through music, Mr. Holland's opus, uh, the Dario Foundation. Nice um, plugs. Because music education is one, critical to a child's development, but also like it allows you to develop a part of yourself that, I mean, through, through other artistic means can still be developed, but like it can't be developed just through like, uh, just through like math and science. Like it's a whole other part of yourself and a part of like, being able to put your heart into something that you are just able to lose yourself in. And I think that's a very just special feeling that I hope everyone gets to experience at some point in their lives. I was talking to my friend Cullen. He was on the podcast today and he was talking about um, he's currently a long-term sub for this middle school. And like, mm -hmm. it's really tough being a teacher right now. Um, yeah. Students have uh, picked up. Um, behaviors and things from from their parents you know, from their parents their families who have been in panic mode these past two years mm -hmm. and no one knows how to act um and so he was like it's so important and along with i'm in this like graduate uh, like university teaching certificate program in grad school mm -hmm. and the class i took this past term was issues in higher education and so some of the issues i was oh, looking there are at so many <laughs> yeah no we had to pick three issues and like research a bunch of stuff about them and find solutions and things like that so the three i yeah. chose were and this is all related don't you worry um the three i chose were um retention of underserved populations in undergraduate Facts. studies uh, mental health of graduate students and Facts. Uh, work environment for LGBTQ Facts. plus faculty. <laughs> um, and like out of that, what it would be really helpful for, you know, Cullen students that he's like, you know, trying to get them to do and like everything involved. It's based off of finding community, which, you yeah. know, obvious to a lot of people. So Cullen's yeah. like, y'all just like take band, take orchestra, take chorus. Yeah. 
like find your people and like oh my gosh, the ability yes. to find your people especially as adults in like education um that doesn't go away like when i like talk to some of my grad school friends especially people that like worked for a little bit before coming back to school what everyone's worried about is like how do you make friends again and like as human beings our drive in our need to find community mm-hmm. especially that is like perpetuated and like fully supported in these music education settings is crucial to like holistically like being a person yeah and my my new favorite thing is anytime i mention um either my musical background or my podcast to just anyone i'm friends with or anyone i have a connection to um when they say like oh well i used to play x in like elementary school or middle school or high school like love whatever it. love it and immediate it's just, best it's, friend it's like yes like yes like let's talk about that like how did you feel about that like do you want to get back into it like it's it's so cool which is so common in connect stem to people everyone so has common in stem. almost everyone I, has music backgrounds in, yeah and like i work in pharmaceutical manufacturing so i work with a ton of engineers and a lot of people have musical background that they've um that they're no longer connected like feel connected to and it's just really cool to like and you see people light up when they're just like oh well i played like the french horn in like seventh grade it's like yes let's talk about it let's talk about you know? mellophones then and they're just like i know what that is and it's just so yeah. interesting because it like extends beyond like who you work with who you know i see this also not to get into like parasocial relationships with celebrities and things like that yeah but like still finding like connections with people um, mm-hmm. one of the like million reasons I finally understood like why one of the million reasons I love say like Lizzo, she's a band. Kid. Oh my gosh. She's, she's an a amazing band. flautist. Yeah. She's, but she, she's a band kid. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a part, part of that, that I recognize that was my like community, my safe space that like, yeah. you know, fully supported and like lifted me up that I see in someone else. And I feel like an instant connection with. Anyway, um, Cinderella. Um, Cinderella arrives and she's like, okay, you have until midnight. It is 11.15. So that means, Kimball, that means that the rest of the time of her time at this party happens in 45 minutes, which I just don't believe. I don't believe that. No, no. Honestly, I feel like, I mean, it, like we saw it take place over like 20 minutes and I was like, oh, this could be like a shot for shot. I guess. It's and just like, I just them. couldn't imagine arriving at a party with only 45 minutes to party. No, no. Well, normally you're partying beforehand. Just knowing, not like the general okay, you. She I'm talking wasn't. about Raven Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking Facts. about a branch pregame before. Never, nev- I'm about to say never been to a party. I didn't pregame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because like, you know what? Alcoholism is fun, kids. I was going to say, <laughs> to especially the, if you like the, go out I and hope, stuff, it's to cheaper. The, I hope zero children it's, that listen to this oh, explicit podcast. Yeah, I hope no kids <laughs> listen to us. That would be yeah. devastating. Um, oh my especially, god, you're such terrible. Influences. Could you imagine if orphans listen to us? <laughs> Dear God, <laughs> <laughs> we're moving on. Um, okay, but I was going to say one, especially if you're going out of bars and stuff, it's cheaper. Two, Facts. if you're like college and stuff. You, like, know, know what you're drinking. So, like, mm. safety option is there. Yep. yep. Um, but, yeah, so Prince, Christopher, and Cinderella see each other, and it's love at second sight. Yeah. I love the um, 
the sudden fall of silence as she arrives. I was like, everyone didn't have to stop. Like, damn. Like, there's other, like, men dancing with women. And they, like, seem like they have a good time. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I won't end up with the prince. But everyone didn't have to, like, get out of their fucking way while they danced. Campbell? Campbell? Does, um... Does the king want to fuck Cinderella? I was about to ask you... <laughs> I was literally about to ask you, I have this note that I don't understand, and that comment is what it's about. I said, Max, that's gross. <laughs> he literally he literally said, if I were a younger man, and Whoopi Goldberg's like, you would what? What? <laughs> Say it right now. Say the rest of that sentence. <laughs> and he's like, I would be younger. And she's like, correct. Correct. <laughs> she would, oh man, so great. I love their dynamic. Oh my gosh. They're so fun together. And like and and honestly like they're both like I've seen them both in, in things by themselves but like it would never occur to me to put them together but like no. they're actually really great together. They're just I love like that for such them. a fun juxt like juxtaposition both, is a great I wasn't that's term. the wrong word. They uh, both antithesis? No, nope. Nothing related okay. to that. I don't know why that's what the my mouth was what that mouth saying did. doing. Um correct. They both exude royalty. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I love it. Fully. That was it. Yeah. Nothing to do with differences. No, I fully agree. Yeah, no, they both just do. Um, and so, so then, and then there, everyone's like, something's like kind of familiar going on here. And the stepmother's just like, hmm, hmm. this like seems familiar, which we know that every character in any Cinderella media film movie tv show they all have face blindness <laughs> fully which what is the what is the name for that medical condition it's like poor poor fear something uh, uh prosopagnosia oh is the medical term for that nice. is a neurological disorder character characterized by the inability to recognize faces so, uh, we get to <laughs> 10 minutes ago, which is such a sweet song. I love the melody of the song that, um... Such a good Prince singing voice. Such a good Prince singing voice. And, like, I don't, I don't know the, I don't know the name, if there's, like, a musical theory term associated with this, but, like, that sort we of, We should like, take a music theory rising, class. We should. Um, I haven't studied music theory officially since, like, high school, and I would... I feel like I would really like it. Yeah, um, But that sort of like rising, repeating melody that he does for the like refrain, I really love any sort of song that has that. It just like yeah. I don't know. I just really like that. Um, yeah, the song is the song is really really cool. Um, I love how the cinematography of this. So this is like a waltz, and I love how the cinematography. I wrote down. Of I'm a sucker scene, for a waltz. I'm a sucker for a waltz. Waltz number and two. I love how uh, Dmitry Shostakovich, favorite classical musical piece. Despite his questionable politics, it's a great composed piece. <laughs> I So one of the things I really love about this scene, among many, many other things, is how the cinematography mimics like the dizzying feeling of falling in love, where <gasps> they are centered at oh, all yeah. times, but the camera and the surroundings are constantly spinning, but they are locked on each it's other. It's like on the playground, you know those like, there, those like things on a yes, playground I know where exactly there's seat, talking about, but keep and there's it. there's kind of like the S curve pole that people could spin you. It's that, yep. but romantically. 
Yes. Those yes. are the best things I'm, on the I'm playground. I'm right here with you. Yes. Those are the best <laughs> fucking things on the playground. And listeners, if you disagree, fucking at me. At Boozicles, B-O-O-Z-I-C-L-S <laughs> on Instagram. Or you can email us at boozicles at gmail.com. Love that. Um, I, I want to talk about why we love a waltz so Sex, much. Baby. And specifically in this scene, I love the fact that it's a waltz. One, because it just, it fits the environment. Like a waltz is always good for a ballroom scene like this. But also waltzes specifically sway you in a four, direction. Three, four uh, key signature is great for time when you... Time signature, sorry. Yes. Three, four time signature is great for when you want something to feel like it's kind of quickening a little bit because that that the lack of the fourth beat like it feels like you're going to the next measure faster which like you literally are but like especially a quick waltz like this scene has as it's like speeding up it like it feels like your heart is racing yeah and it's it's like fast and exciting and it feels like your heart is racing along with the music but it's like it's manageable like it's it's you're able to keep up with it, but only just. Yeah. And I love that. I do too. Yeah. And it's why I love a waltz. I love a love waltzes a waltz. are just great. I love waltzes. Also, <sighs> a lot of times they're spooky, so that's another aspect I like of them. Three four time signature like there's just there's so much my music coffin? in the world that is four four that like three four is just great. I agree. So yeah, this this so, ten minutes ago, that what the song's about is basically <laughs> like kind of like my life started when i saw you yeah but in like not a super creepy way no just it's, like it's, that, no it's romantic because like, they're both attracted to each other yeah and like and like these people i and this is why like i said i really like the fact that they had met before and they we've established that they are compatible souls in a way but just like here like they're meeting again and they feel familiar to each other, but they just don't know why. And I like that aspect to it because they're both seeing each other in an element that they have not previously seen each other. So it's like that compatibility and that connection is still there. They just don't quite know why this feels so familiar. And I think that works a lot better toward building their love story than like standard, quote unquote, standard tellings of the Cinderella story. Yeah. Yeah. So then they sneak off on their own and they're like walking through like the garden and stuff like that. And we see uh, the stepsisters are hiding in the bushes. This is something that's really fun that like, I haven't really seen. The song is called Stepsisters Lament. I, love I haven't this. seen a jovial lament before. It's so jovial. Great use of the word jovial, nice. by the way. I haven't heard that word in a while. <laughs> there... I love this song. It's just like, yeah, she may be beautiful, but she's also the most gorgeous person I've seen on earth. What of it? Her, <laughs> She's only as dainty as a daisy. Her neck is only as long as... Like, they're literally complimenting her and just being like, but like, she's not that great. Yeah. But one of the things I love, their voices in this song are like perfectly nasal. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the exact level of nasal to like be that almost annoying, but like not actually be 
annoying. But when they're, like, on top of each other, though, it's, like, nasal belting. Like, it, it's mm. not quite nasal anymore. Um, it's just kind of, like, a... A good grading. Grading is, like, usually, you know, a connotation of, like, bad. It's usually bad, but, like... But it's, like, it's it's a uh, more comical textured when they're overlapping yes. each other. Yeah, and it, it's, it's, it's especially important because I think Cinderella... I keep just calling her Brandy in my mind, but Cinderella and the Prince, their voices, again, have such a rich sort of silky texture to them that... Uh, um, what's the word? Pair or compliment. They mm-hmm. compliment each other's voices so well. And so especially... In a rich way. In a rich way, yes. This so is the stepsisters' voices, and specifically being like this nasal sort of texture, this comedic sort of texture, perfectly goes against that. It perfectly like uh, is the opposite of that in a way that makes them stand out without... Uh, while like highlighting them still go ahead yeah it, it's like uh with the prince and cinderella it's when two voices go very well together and it like fills in space their voices go mm-hmm. well together that it creates space campbell uh, yes thanks yes uh you're so smart. bam bam love bam it. love it crush um it. Yeah, so their song is basically, it's super funny. Anytime they're here, they're just adding, like, comic relief, but in a way that, like, they call her a froth. Minerva calls still. her a frothy little bubble. I was just like, ooh, this is your sister. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of their lines, she straight up was just like, I want to kill her. Like, it's just. <laughs> That's better than calling her a frothy little bubble. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I love it's, it. It's, it's not um, for me. So then we go back and we see that Cinderella and the prince rejoin the ball. Kind of pairing, um, like, you know, separating partners and stuff. Um, yeah. Dances with the king, who is, like, borderline creepy. Borderline creepy, but, like, he rates it in a little bit. And, and the then prince the queen is back in, with his mother. The queen interrogates her. Yeah. And she's like, you thought you wouldn't find the girl of your dreams tonight. And I was like, well, technically, he didn't find her tonight. They have met before. Tonight, and he just doesn't know that. Tonight. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So, yeah, the queen is like, who's your mother? Who's your father? Are they here? I must meet them. And uh, Cinderella's like, I gotta go. And she just like, it gets back to, wait, I am a commoner. This would never work. Um, my yeah. mother, quote unquote, is a abusive, horrible person. Yes. My um, father is dead, which like, I don't know why she couldn't just say that. Well, so, like, I, I understand why she wouldn't want to say that, but like, yeah. yeah. So she goes outside. It's not midnight yet, but she wants to leave. She tells the fairy godmother, um, and the fairy godmother was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no. She's like, bitch. <laughs> And like she was if like, the prince is not going to be into all of this. Um, yeah. And then like the prince is there, and they were talking. It's like, no, no, no. You understand what I want? It's like, oh, I know what I should be. You're a prince. I should be a servant to you. And he's like, I have servants. That's like not. Yeah. What this he's is like, about. I want someone that I can share my life. with. I want to be my real with. self with you. And we get into the song. Which Do is, I love you uh, because you're beautiful? Which is a really. 
it's again one of those songs where it's sung from a different perspective sees like you mm-hmm. know a different take on it with those similar lyrics but i also think this is i don't know it's it's important to think about um are you beautiful as i see you or like do i think you're beautiful because i think you're beautiful or are you beautiful because i like you like are you beautiful yeah. to me yeah, and, and, I, and I like this because... Oh, damn. Um, one, I appreciate that there's at least a nanogram of a reality check in this movie. Yes. Um, but also it's like so often, especially in these old fairy tales like Cinderella, it's so often the story of like, oh, she's so beautiful, I love her. And it's like, okay, well, do I love you just because you're beautiful? Or do you f- seem beautiful to me because I love you? I appreciate that Cinderella brings up those like, hey, maybe you're imagining me. Or like, are you in love with me, or do you like me, or do you like the idea of the me? idea of me, which is a which is a legitimately important thing to consider because yep. when you when you first get to know someone, like it is the idea of them that you have in your mind, and a lot of times when relationships go awry, is that once you meet the person that that person actually is. And they're not the ideal that you had in your head. It's hard to reconcile that. And there has to be an understanding of like, that was an image of you that I had in my head when I didn't truly know who you were. Like, we're all just people just living our lives, just trying to, most of us, just trying to be our best. And sometimes like, we will have these images of each other. And it's important to recognize like, am I am I living in reality right now? Like, am I actually honoring who you truly are? And I I respect the fact that they included that in in basically a children's movie. Like, even the idea of that, I love that. And I think it can be encapsulated by the last lyric of the song. Are you the sweet invention of a lover's dream or are you as wonderful as you seem? Yeah. And then they kiss. And then when I was watching this, I just heard from behind me, my boyfriend says as they're kissing, slut. <laughs> so that's fun. Oh my god. So that's fun. Oh, I love him. Uh, so um, then midnight strikes, and she runs. And they're away like, Chris, do not let her get tale. away. Um, okay, and so this is the point where I do have a problem with Cinderella, uh, uh-huh. just like as a concept. Okay, so here the pumpkin's <laughs> a pumpkin. The mice are nowhere to be seen. I guess they yeah. ran off with the horses and stuff because they're like, oh no, still mice. Yeah. Um, but especially their pets. Okay, the glass slipper remains. So stay with me. Why doesn't it transform back? If if she were to disrobe before midnight, set it down somewhere, it's past midnight, would it res- remain the same and then she could just put it back on? Was the fact she was wearing it made it change back? I have no answer for you because... She left a glass to be quite zipper. Honest, and then she was still wearing honest, her stuff. Stroke at midnight. Changed back. Didn't have one of her shoes. It was still a glass slipper and she wasn't wearing it. Was the I fact that she have, was not wearing it important? I didn't have quite the same thought. Like, I didn't have the thought of, like, what if she disrobed Makes entirely. sense because you're sane. Mm-hmm. But I hey, was confused. I was like, why me. is it that the act of the shoe being off of her foot 
made it remain as a glass slipper because they make a point of as she's running away, you do see the shoe that is remaining on her foot and it is no longer a glass slipper. Yep, that, it's like, that's it's what like, I'm saying. It's like a Doc Martin or something like that. Like, it's, it's not. But wild. I will say the slippers she's wearing at the end, I want them. They look comfortable. They look worn in, comfortable. Ooh. Ooh. Love them. I love a worn in slipper, like a house shoe. Ooh. Love it. Um, so she runs away, and then there's a quick reprise or like finishing this song, and they're like close up of their faces that remind me of that one SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob and uh, I was gonna say Krusty Krab, Mr. Krabs are singing to each other, like uh, this grill is not a grill. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Okay. So the glass slipper remains. She heads um, back home. Gets back home. Her family gets back home. And she was like, oh, how was the ball? And they're like, it was a perfect night. Yeah, everything went so well for us. I had an hour with them. They're just liars. Lying. And then she's like, did you know everyone there? And she's like, yeah, no, for the not. most part. Except for this one bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Some princess. And she was like, oh, interesting. It's like, oh, what would, was she with the prince a lot? I didn't notice. I didn't notice. And we notice. get to the song A Lovely Night. And, like, she was like, well, I imagined I was at the ball. And I was like, really? You, like, you even know what it's like. And she was you, like, you know what it's well, like. Well, I uh, imagine this grand There's staircase. a grand staircase and, like, all this other stuff. And, like, basically describing the ballroom in exact detail. Suppose. And they're just like, how could you have known that if you weren't there? She's like, well, I just have, I, I'm just imagining. Like, I, I couldn't possibly have been there. And talking, like, the discussion we had earlier about, like, stepsisters and being, like, villainous or not. And this yeah. song, they're having fun together as sisters. They're having the so much fun together. And, like, it's, I don't know, it's really cool because you see them. that, like, there could be a relationship between them. Like, I don't know, I, I just, I love Cinderella stories where the stepsisters aren't, just evil people because it's like i don't know i feel like that's not i feel like that's often not how family dynamics work you know it's just like yeah. even if you have an overall like even if you have a positive an overall positive relationship with someone there are still negative points here and there and even if you have an overall negative relationship with someone there's still positive points here and there and i, I love the fact that we're able to see them at some point just kind of like being sisters yeah, and they're just being, like, kind of, like, you know, sharing, like, dreamy and wondrous and silly yeah. together. And it's, like, when Brandy is singing, it's very, like, elegant and stuff. But when the stepsisters and the stepmother come in, it's definitely more comical. Yes. With the yes. background music. But, again, It's like, kind of jazzy, it kind of, like, Dixieland. But they, they, they do a great job, and I, I don't know how they achieve this, but, like, they do a great job of not making it feel tonally dissonant. Like, it still feels coherent, and it yep. still feels like this is a singular story, as opposed to, like, some films that try to have both the serious and the comical, and it ends up just being a mess. Yeah, I agree. You know? um, and then, like, the stepmother has enough. It's like, go to bed, don't listen to her. She's filling your head with nonsense. And then... Cinderella's also, there's a point... There's a point where I think she starts, she does start to suspect that Cinderella was there somehow. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, and then gets to a point where Cinderella stands up for herself. It's like, why is it so hard for you to imagine me being there, being happy? Me, yeah. 
and then she says, "Your mom, your your mom's a hoe." <laughs> like, <laughs> your, like well, your mother's says, common, so you'll always be common. It was like my father didn't think that. Your father was weak and dead. May I remind you? God, like, damn. Like, but here's my thing. Here's my thing. At one point, she was married to her father. So it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, it's just like, so Like, what the harsh. fuck? It's so <laughs> fucked up. She straight up is just like, your mother was common. She was just some common bitch. <laughs> like, And so, like, why did you call, stepmother you marry her common? dad? Was, like, her dad not common? Like, was he a noble that married a commoner? Because if so, that's literally the situation we're talking about right now. I mean, pot, kettle. Facts. Facts, no printer. And <laughs> You're welcome. Solid. Great. Raven, no notes. No notes. Solid. So- solid. Solid banter right there. Um, so then she goes outside and is like, Pretty much like you know, talking to her dad. It's like, like I, her I, dad. like I know. I promise you, I'd stay with the family, but like, but it's like they different. suck. They suck. <laughs> She's not what you thought she was. I'm being literally abused. And she like, we get to like, she finishes like a reprise, I guess, of a lovely night. Um, yeah, I, I think where, it's just kind of like there. There are a couple times in the movie that like they take a break from the song for a scene, and then they go back to the song. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like an um, non-lyrical interlude. Yeah. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Um, so then the fairy godmother gets there is like, why'd you let him get away? <laughs> She's like, go, go, go to him. Um, and she was like, he didn't like you for your fancy gown or pretty braids. Like, but no, no. He likes she- you for you. So anyway, Cinderella, okay, so this scene, all you need to know is that the fairy godmother sings She Likes Me For Me to yeah. Cinderella by Blessed yes. Union of Souls. Yes. Um, That's exactly what happens, for sure. Believe in mm-hmm. yourself. Um, so then we find that Prince Christopher's up all night. Um, yep. trying, and he's like, hey, why don't we like find the foot this matches with? And this is where I have the problem with the blind casting. Yes. And, like, the, the part of the story. Yep, because yep, we why, probably wrote down the same thing. Why are you trying shoes on these white bitches' feet? <laughs> I, literally, I literally wrote, like, okay, but, like, I feel like there's a very easy way to substantially narrow this down. Na- na- narrow, the, narrow the pool of suitors. Like, I feel like, I feel like... Your pool goes from, like, a thousand to, like, five. This is where we see <laughs> Prince Christopher gets into toxic activism. He doesn't see color. Yeah. I don't see color. He doesn't see race. We're I don't care if you're blue, purple, black. I, I don't care. Oh, my gosh. I literally had to explain to someone recently why that is still offensive. Because I'm just yeah. like, hey, purple people don't exist. But I do, and I would like to be treated like a person. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Which Brandy says at the very beginning of the film. Facts. Like, girls are... Women, fun fact, women are just people. <gasps> Wild, I Gasp. know. But, like, get on board. <laughs> yeah, so he goes around town. Yeah, um, so he keeps feet. trying on shoes on all these white bitches. And I will say, like... in this version, I think it's, like, a fun bit. Like, after it doesn't fit the stepsisters... Yeah. It fits they the don't cut off their heels and toes. 
Yeah, but it fit the stepmothers. At first, I was like, it oh, did. this I is a that fun, was fun twist. But then it was cutting off our circulation, and they had to do the whole, like, tug-of-war thing. That was fun. I liked that. That was cool. It's fun. It's, I love there's they were good just, like, physical humor are there in this any, Are there any younger women? And she's like, young how? They're like, younger than you. Young <laughs> how? Like, That's rude. Um, by age, time. Um, <laughs> rings Ro- of a tree. Revolutions pick- around the sun. <laughs> Um, so um, finally, they find Brandy's trying to like you know get also out of some there. Some of these girls, we see a whole line of girls waiting to try on the shoe. Only like half of them are wearing stockings, which is not hygienic. This is potentially the fifteen sixteen hundreds. I don't give a fuck. It's not hygienic. Whatever. Um, Just saying. And so we see that. Um, the prince sees Cinderella, and then we see kind of their banter. They both say kind of their banter from the beginning of the movie when he was pretending to be a commoner, mm-hmm. and be like, "Wait oh, a second, yeah. this is this is this is happening." Um, also, just I just really like those love, royals. I really love one that he recognizes her before actually putting the shoe on, because that's always been my issue. Is that like if you truly saw this woman at the ball? you would just recognize her when you saw her. And so I like the fact like, that, like, I know she had walking... blue eyeshadow, but that's not that different. <laughs> like, she's walking away, and he, like, runs outside, and he sees her, and he does recognize her. And, like, the, putting the shoe on is just the confirmation, mm-hmm. but, like, they have that banter, and they have that conversation as soon as he sees her. Yeah, and I really like that. Also, Bernadette Peters... Her voice acting in this scene That's so good. is amazing. Also, when they put the slipper on Brandy, did you see Brandy's slippers? They look so comfy. No. They look so Ooh. comfy. Go back I, and I watch guess it. I wasn't paying attention. I want okay. them. I love that. Okay, so they kiss. Um, like Yes. Impossible things are happening every day. Magic them into a wedding, uh, you know, garb to their yep. wedding day. And we get into the song, There is Music in You. Okay, here's the thing. No notes. I have no notes. Uh, I have one note, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with Whitney Houston. So may As I say it? <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I am treading lightly. Fiddly dee, fiddly do. I have something that I want to tell you. Um, okay. Amazing. Bars. This, this song is good because the music's in you. It's just like believing yourself. Like the like confidence you needed and what you want to do is they're all along. Dreaming can only take you too far. So far, you, yes. you like have to like you have to do the work. Love yes. that. The last shot <laughs> with Whitney Houston flying up above. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Where she's basically a Christmas tree topper to this claymation <laughs> castle. Could you describe something more 90s? More 90s? And you're not allowed to talk about Saved by the Bell. Oh, jeez. Uh... In that case, no. Um, it's like the special effects there. I was just like, come on. The The only other thing I can say is... JTT's hairstyle. Mm. Only thing that comes to mind. Uh, oh, JTT. Yeah, John. JTT. Yeah, not JT. Yep, not I JT. Gotcha. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Which, the voice of guy... young Simba. Yes. 
when I when we were uh, working right? on a COVID project uh, back during twenty yes I believe so yes uh, when we were working on a COVID project back during twenty twenty uh, there was this one guy I was working with that like literally had that hairstyle and I was just like I I haven't seen that in, like I have a friend in grad years. school that has that hairstyle it looks gr- he has great hair. It's yeah, it's not bad. And honestly, like, when yeah, you have great hair, hair, flaunt it. It should like it works. flow. It works. It was just like, oh my god, I haven't seen that hairstyle in like twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then, uh, Finn. Mhm. That's the end of the film. So. So what you got for me, Raven? That's the end of my I notes. Have a lot. Of, I have a lot of notes. So, um, Rodgers and Hammerstein. This musical is by uh, this particular variant of Cinderella with these particular musical numbers is by Rodgers and Hammerstein. So I have a couple of notes on Rodgers and Hammerstein as a duo, and then a couple of notes on them individually, and then a few notes on the reception, and then I have a discussion question. So it's going to be a little bit of a process. So Rodgers and Hammerstein, um, they were a theater writing team that are well known for like ushering in the golden era of musical theater, specifically like American musical theater and American opera um, in the 40s and 50s. So a lot of the like major um, quote unquote like American musicals that we know today. So like Oklahoma. Kind of like the post-Gershwin era. The po- yeah, exactly. The post-Gershwin era. Um, Oklahoma, South Pacific, Carousel, The King and I, The Sound of Music, all of those were Rodgers and Hammerstein. Um, together as a duo, um, their works were, their works won 34 Tony Awards, 15 Oscars, two Pulitzer Prizes, and two Grammy Awards. Like, Shut up. Truly. See, see, like, that's a lot, but at the same time, not enough. Right? Like, truly an iconic duo. Um, So they were composed of Richard Rogers, who is a composer, songwriter, and playwright, and Oscar Hammerstein II, who is a lyricist, librettist, theatrical producer, and director. Although a lot of his director uh, roles are actually uncredited, which I find interesting. Um, So Richard Rogers, he is credited individually with 43 Broadway musicals, and over 900 songs. Um, he, uh, in the 20s and 30s, before he paired uh, with Oscar Hammerstein, he actually worked a lot with Lorenzo Hart, who was a lyricist, um, or Lorenz Hart, my apologies, who was a lyricist. Um, and they're like, they performed a lot of works together. But then when he got with Oscar Hammerstein, it just like, their works just blew up. Um, and fun fact, and this is where we come back to 30 Rock and Whoopi Goldberg's episode. Richard Rogers is the first person ever to EGOT. That's fun. Yeah. Oscar Hammerstein II, um, he himself has been individually, or he has won individually eight Tonys and two Oscars. Um, he is credited with co-writing 850 songs. Um, and he's known for specifically popularizing, uh, he in like his work with, with Richard Rogers, but he's known for specifically popularizing musicals, focusing on stories and character rather than light, just lighthearted entertainment, which is originally what um, what comic operas and specifically musical theater was known for. Yeah. So, like, if you think back to Pirates of Penzance, it's really great entertainment, but there's not a lot of like character development and character like 
uh, exploration, I guess. Yeah. Whereas, like, here, we actually learn a lot about, like, who Cinderella is and, like, what she wants from life. And the same thing with the prince. Like, we learn a lot about, like, what they are looking their values. for. And why, yeah, what their values are and why they are compatible as people. So that's what Rodgers and Hammerstein were kind of known for and how that ushered in the sort of golden age of musical theater. So he actually advocated a lot for writers' rights um, and ended, like, ended up like working with the board of directors and like serving on the board of directors for like different nonprofits, specifically for like the Writers Guild. Um, and I've mentioned this before when we've talked about like Stephen Sondheim and Lynn Merle Miranda, but he directly mentored Stephen Sondheim and helped him develop his talent, which who then went on to mentor Jonathan and Larson and Lynn Merle Miranda. So like there is a direct linkage. Listen of listen to our Tick Tick Boom talent. episode. Oh my god. Like the the lineage of musical compo- like musical theater composers ushered in from Oscar Hammerstein, like that lineage downward in terms of mentorship is just like just seeing the development of that throughout American history and how that shaped so much of our culture, like Rodgers and Hammerstein, their music and their works, you cannot deny the no. impact that it's had on American musical culture, yeah. um, both on and off the stage. Um, so like, I, I, I just think that there is so much there to, to honestly just respect in, in the work that they've done in developing how we think of musical theater today and the likes of Howard Ashman, again, Jonathan Larson, Stephen Sondheim, Lynn Miranda, like individuals that have had even more undeniable impact. And like, I, I cannot wait to see like where that takes us in the future, you know? Yeah. So talking a little bit about how this film was received, it Not has great. some... It had some mixed reception, yeah. Um, So I'm not going to talk about some of the negative reception because I strongly disagree with a lot of it, although we can go over... Some of them, I'm just like, "Mm, you salty. (laughs) Oh, you're racist. (laughs) Mm, You're in a lot of cases, yes. Um, But, so during the screening... There's actually a note that like it felt more like a standard Broadway play because literally during the initial screening of this film, the audience literally applauded after every musical number because they were That's just weird. that great. <laughs> That's weird. Um, it is weird, but I, they did I, it anyway. I disagree with that, and I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it received a ton of accolades. So it was nominated for like seven Emmy Awards. Um, and it was actually uh, the 13th most nominated program at the 1998 uh, Primetime Emmy Awards. Um, and it also won like an Art Director's Guild Award for Excellence like uh, Production Design. Um, it was nominated for a Writers Guild of yeah for uh, Writers Guild of America Award for Best Children's Script, um, and also was nominated for three NAACP Image Awards, including Outstanding Television Movie, Miniseries, or Dramatic Special, um, and then Brandy and Ruby Goldberg were both nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Television Movie or Miniseries, yeah. um, which all make perfect sense because this is an amazing movie. Yeah. So, like, were there some parts that didn't work? Sure, yeah, that's going to happen. But overall, like, I think this is probably my favorite film adaptation of Cinderella, like, 
ever. Besides Ellen Enchanted. Uh, I do like some of the songs from the original Cinderella. Like, A Dream is Dream that's Your fair. Heart. Like, some of the songs. A dream, that's, a, that's just a classic. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, classic Disney. And I like uh, yeah. some of the... I like... I love Gus Gus. But oh, like, yeah. Like, as a... Uh, as a holistic good, film? I think they're comparable. Correct. I agree. And in my opinion, it's the correct one. Yeah. So. Correct. Okay. So, Campbell, uh, I'm about to go grab my violin. I see you have your clarinet out and okay. ready. I wasn't uh, originally going we, to play clarinet. What are we playing? Because I, I truly have no idea. I was going to play the bassoon, but, like, I didn't... I'm in, like, a chair with has, like, armrests. And for, like, my... And that, that does not work for the bassoon? Bassoon, no, because I have a seat rest. And, like, I won't be mm. able to, like, have it, like, right next to me. Um, but there's stuff on my armless chair and I'm drunk and lazy. So while we were recording, I changed shit up so the clarinet could work did. for it. But we Honestly, will be playing. I respect that. Thanks. We'll be playing Impossible. It's possible. Mm. With Raven having the melody on the violin. And I got the bass part. It's supposed to be on the bassoon, but I was like, fuck that. Let's play on the clarinet. Love that. Cool. Burp. Cool. Burp. Hey everyone, in addition to our other nonprofit partners, I would like to do a quick plug for the Dodario Foundation. The Dodario Foundation is a nonprofit grant making organization that provides monetary and product support to high quality music instruction programs on the front line to improve access to music education. And every single cent raised goes directly to getting kids involved in community music programs, acquiring and maintaining instruments, providing college scholarships, and supporting new innovations in music education across 41 U.S. states and 180 cities. They accept monetary donations, of course, but also instruments. So if you have an old instrument that you no longer use, please consider donating it to the Dodario Foundation, where they can get it into the hands of a student in need. However you're able to contribute, you can go to dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That is Dodario Foundation, D-A-D-D-A-R-I-O, foundation.org slash about slash donate. Now please enjoy the sultry sounds of me and Campbell destroying music. I think got a little off and I think you had to compensate for me, but ultimately I think we did fine. I think we did fine for one take. Um, you don't like to count rest. It's hard. <laughs> but that's what we're doing. That's it. That's all she wrote. I... That was fun. That was fun. It is a fun song. I was song. nervous. I was nervous and I didn't get it quite right. But it, it seems like a good fun to play. Like a fiddle style song, you know? Yeah. It, it is it is type of song that like you can kind of just like go at. Yeah. You know? That's why yeah. that's what I was going for. But question for you, Raven. How would you rate this musical on a scale of one to ten? Um I'm feeling an 8 out of 10. Like, there's a couple things that could definitely be improved upon, but ultimately, I really like this version of Cinderella. Um, I do like the like the themes and, like, the way they update, like, the character itself. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the colorblind casting. Like, the comedy is spot on. Rodgers and Hammerstein, their music is fantastic. Like, honestly, other than effects and, like, a couple of beats here and there, I, I think it's a great 
a great film. So I'm going to say 8 out of 10. I'm going to say 7 out of 10 because I do feel like a lot of times, because we love everyone in this so much, um, mm-hmm. we did originally have some criticisms for the acting um, in like fair. specific parts. And so I was just like, Doc, another point for that. Um, so that I would, that's because of that, I would say seven out of 10, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. Agreed. Agreed. So Campbell. Yes. Question for you. Me. Moi. Because when we first discussed potentially doing Cinderella, both of us immediately were like, well, obviously we'll do the Brandy version. Like that's Mm -hmm. not even a question. Um, and I guess, like, aside from it just being, like, a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, um, what in your mind, or why, I suppose, in your mind, does this version stand apart from all others? I mean, I think Rodgers and Hammerstein, that part, like, definitely sticks out. But mm-hmm. I will say the connection to, like, vocal talent. Mm is like something that I always like look back on as, especially when we were talking about like how well different voices melded together in very different ways. Um, yeah. because say like the original Cinderella, which I like, it's good. Um, how many people sing in that? Yeah. It's like mice and Cinderella. Yeah. And like, I think that's a definitely a lost opportunity for some of, like, the other, like, characters. Um, I really like my musicals um, to be even, like, you know, very pivotal, important characters to, like, our main characters, our protagonists, to for them to interact with each other, like, musically. That's not really seen in a lot of different, like, Cinderella's. Um, the ones that I recognize, <laughs> um, barring <laughs> the most recent one. Um but I think this one does a really good job of that. Um, and I think when I was, just, I don't know, just like growing up, like I saw this one on TV and I was just like, immediately I was like, oh yeah, this is Cinderella. But it felt like it was Cinderella with more music I could connect to. It's something I felt yeah. as a child that like has carried me like into adulthood. So I, I think that's why. Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think for me, the music, like I mentioned earlier, how the music is a little conversational, mm-hmm. um, not to the degree that like you'll see in song musicals, like Sweeney Todd and yeah. stuff like that. But again, like Sweeney Todd was mentored by Oscar Hammerstein, um, Hammerstein, that, Hammerstein. I'm that, I mean, but that's also how you see like different like aspects of musicals, people take putting their own take on them and like that yes. direct influence like evolving and like branching out into like awesome ways. Exactly, exactly. And how like each of the songs of this musical, I think resonate because they are very much a part of the story. Like like yes. falling in love with love. Like it is literally a continuation of the conversation the characters were already having. And yet if you took that song stand alone, it can still resonate with you. And I think like that aspect to musicals is what can make them beautiful. And I think like that is what makes this form of theater and this form of art so impactful for people. And for me, like honestly, the colorblind casting was huge for me in this this version because uh, 
as a young black woman, um, I grew up with like, my mother would only allow us to have black dolls, like black Barbie dolls, black baby dolls. Like we had um, our wallpaper, like uh, we had like the little banner that was like the black Barbie, like ribbon and everything mm-hmm. like that. And like our comforter was like the black Barbie comforter. And like to be able to see a black girl like portraying Cinderella, like this iconic fairy tale character, and the fairy godmother, again played by like Whitney Houston, another like iconic fe- black female actress. Um, I think it just, it feels like it resonates a little bit more. Like even just like them allowing them to be true to their style. And like even just seeing Brandy with braids in this movie instead of straightened hair, that's a huge thing for me. And I think like a lot of people that don't, that disparage like the notion of representation, which is a wild thing. But a lot of people that disparage the notion of representation, it's like, it can literally be the smallest things that a person can connect to. And while, yeah, they're like, there's still a, a ways for us to go as a society and as a culture. But I think this movie for me, and I hope for other people can represent like, even just a stepping stone in that direction. And I think it being something like Cinderella, which is like a story that everyone, like in Western civilization, pretty much everyone knows. Um, And it's something that like everyone can kind of connect to. And they really made an attempt to, yeah, modernize it a bit and like make the themes um, a bit more relatable. But I just, I think the combination of the Rodgers and Hammerstein music and how how instrumental their work was for generations of Americans on top of the the use of actors like like Brandy, like Whitney Houston, like Bernadette Peters, like Whoopi Goldberg, like all of these iconic characters. Um it just, I don't know, it feels like magic. And I just yeah, it feel really like does. it's so, it's so much more impactful than so many other versions of Cinderella that at least I've seen. And it's like, I feel um, what this does a good job of um, as a medium, as a musicals to like a lot of like adults, but especially children. I think this in particular does a really good job of I don't know if like if this is the white right the white the right way to say it. <laughs> Sorry, I had a speech impediment. Um, but so accurately and like flawlessly be able to deliver per- personhood through mm, an yes. like an easily consumable format yes personhood being all people yeah and i think like that little bit of subtlety like rogers and hammerstein again like i mentioned this earlier but rogers and hammerstein like were the reason their musicals and their theater was so impactful for american musical theater was because they were focusing on stories and characters rather than just the entertainment. And so they were actually making an effort to develop the character 
as a person. And so to see, again, like black people inhabit that same character and that same level of personhood is like, I don't think a lot of people understand like how pivotal that can feel yeah. especially for 1997 like god oh, damn we still wouldn't have our first black president for like 11 years you know what i mean and it's just like i don't know like there's still so many firsts for black people and i think a lot of times we focus on the like you know we're about hopefully, hopefully. about to have our our first black female supreme court justice there's no way it's not on, gonna happen I hope. I hope. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 no, I, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Um, but, yeah, like, there's there's so many black firsts, and I feel like a lot of times we focus on, like, the quote-unquote politically relevant or the quote-unquote historically relevant, but, like, to me, it is crucial that Brandy was the first black Cinderella on screen. And, like, as a little girl, like, as a child, you're not thinking about the first black supreme court justice the first black secretary of state you're thinking about what's accessible to you and it's so important this could be me it's so important for young children regardless of identity race ethnicity gender identity anything to see themselves represented and to understand like i can do that i can be that that is accessible for me and i think like the beauty of things like colorblind casting and their willingness to really explore that in 1997 is so impactful. And I, I, I just really love this version of Cinderella because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And flip it back on you with a question. Um, Where could you find us and uh, how can you easily support us? Um, I, that is a fantastic question. You can find us in so many places, um, anywhere that podcasts can be found. So places like Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, of course, like bigger platforms like Spotify that supports, uh, podcasts. You can find us if you find us and you like this episode. We hope that you like us, that you comment. Uh, if you have the capability on whatever platform you're using, please rate us five stars if you feel, um, if that's how you feel. Um, if you have any questions or comments or recommendations for other musicals for us to look at, you can email us at boozicals at gmail.com. You can message us um, or follow us on Instagram at boozicals, B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S. Um, and as far as how you can support us, we really want to support musical education and ensure that musical education is being offered to students of all identities and all socioeconomic backgrounds regardless of where they live or what experiences or backgrounds they've had so um, organizations like education through music that has a a large presence in new york city um, organizations like mr holland's opus or dario foundation uh, we have a couple of ads for those but any music music education group that is focused on providing those services for young children and making sure that music education is available to anyone regardless of their background or where they come from Um, that is critical to us and that is critical to our mission and our goal as podcasters so um, supporting music education however you are able to um, that is how you can support us as individuals as well as us as a podcast and we hope that you choose to do so
Yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, bye but bye. I, I just did, like, the deuces, and that's how we were going to end it, but then I felt like I need to say something, because, like, this is an audio medium, and, like, I feel like while I was explaining, mm -hmm. your future yep. Raven's going to have the music coming and just kind of like, yeah. cut me off, but, oh, like, I'm still going to be, okay, well, I'm going to okay, okay, oh, yeah, bye, Raven. Yeah.